The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Go get a cup of coffee in here, please. You've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about Kumbaya and Flat Earth Insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit-down comedy. It's time for Coffee with a Dog. You make me laugh. All I gotta say is ew. Ew. Ew, ew, ew. What's wrong with the life game today? You know what it is? Everything, everything, everything. Go up here, like this. Yeah. Ow. Ah. Gotta get a new lighting director. Buy the old lighting director. Oh, Oh, good morning, folks. I forgot to say good morning. I'm here working with the lighting because it's time to fire the lighting director. It is Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. The lips and tongue are not uh, walking up yet. Um, Yeah, Tuesday. I'm not loving Tuesday. Tuesday, I don't know why. But Tuesday is not my favorite day of the week. Actually, it's my least favorite. Out of all seven, I prefer Tuesday the least. And I'm not sure exactly why that is. But it is. It is definitely the case. Anyway, I hope it's a beautiful day wherever you are and not so Tuesday-ish. We're going to talk about ageism today. I have a guest coming on who's 71, who feels like she's 17. I will dispel her of that mess. I promise you. Um... Anyway, uh, that's what we're going to talk about. Now, I could talk about why what happened to me yesterday that um, proved to me that I am not even remotely close to 17 or even 37 or even 57 at this point. Uh, but I'll save that for when she's here so I can depress her because well, the reality is we're all broken old people. Ageism can mean a lot of things, though, um, and we'll talk about that. I don't want to. I don't want to get. I don't want to have to talk before my guest gets here. But I have a lot of ideas and a lot of thoughts about it. Uh, none of them good. I'm not, I don't have any good ideas. I'm not. A, I'm not a person who has good ideas. I have bad ideas every day. Anyway, I've, I found a tool. First of all, uh, thank you, Willie, for. Um, making my day yesterday an incredible uh, clusterfuck (laughs) of dealing with 
my booking calendar. Holy crap. Uh, you don't know. I guess two nights ago, Willie found the post that I had made from uh, probably a month ago looking for uh, guests because that week I had several uh, bailouts and I was just looking to fill up the calendar. He shared that around in uh, just about every comedy group on Facebook, I guess, or wherever he is on social media. And my God, I just was inundated. That's not a bad thing. With comedians and people, not just comedians yesterday either, I got authors because in the... uh, in the ad that I created, it was looking for musicians and, and authors and filmmakers and all that. Mostly comedians. But uh, the problem is, comedians don't know time zones. They don't know how to use a calendar. They don't know how to read instructions. Because right in the instructions, in the ad, first of all, it says that the show is live from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Monday to Friday. And the show, and it's in Easter time, and the show, uh, guests come on at 9.15 Eastern a.m. or 10.15 Eastern a.m. And then I get a request, I so they write to me and say, yeah, I'm interested in being on the show. Send them to the booking calendar, and it comes back with Sunday at 2 p.m. We don't do Sunday shows at 2 p.m. We don't do 2 p.m. shows. We don't do Sunday shows. Oh, I get it. Comes back with... Saturday at 4 p.m. Like, wait, it's 9.15 or 10.15, Monday through Friday. Comes back with another date that is in the past. It's already past, September 1st or something. It's like uh, endless all day long going back and forth with comedians about simple English, simple plans, to get themselves promoted. A couple of people wanted in, one person in particular. I don't I don't want to embarrass anybody. But they wanted me to come to uh, Canada to Chicago to do the interview in Chicago. They only do it in person. We won't do it remotely and they're in Chicago and they're not coming to New York. Unless I can meet them in New York City at a given date when they have a show in the future. I'm not, (laughs) this isn't for me. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Jordan just tried to get in here. I blocked him. Um, It's not for me. It's to help promote your shows. And it it was just, it's very crazy. I mean, how, how difficult is it to understand a calendar, time zones, and that? There are two slots on each show. Now, to be fair, I do confuse things with, like, there are some shows, like when Tommy uh, is on, or Tommy Chong is coming on on October 6th, where I have him booked for both hours. And somebody wanted to take that second hour, and I was like, sorry, no. And, um, you know, everybody thinks, it's, it's hard to even <laughs> fathom that somebody would think that they're, uh, I don't know, bigger star than Tommy Chong or deserve the time more, but that's that's what I got. And I said, listen, it could be uh, Tommy and Cheech, and I want to give them both an hour, uh, you know, two people, two hours. That's it. And I'm, I'm even having to try to make excuses. 
for why I can't give you that hour, which is crazy, crazy, crazy. Good morning, Willie. Are you frozen? Like, no. You just you just happy and you... Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. You know, okay, so I know that uh I know that I just kind of pop in, right? So when when I hit that button, I just I just sit there and smile because you know, smile for the camera. You you gotta be, you know, and until you until you like say something to me, I don't really wanna, you know say or do anything because i don't want to interrupt you <laughs> but i get why that could be <laughs> yeah i understand now why it's bothersome i get it i'll move i'll at least move or something so, so you know yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> so you know i'm real and there <laughs> so um i i guess you heard what i was talking about all comedians uh especially uh brain broken <laughs> i mean kind of yeah i mean um I think most people get into comedy because they're broken in in some some way or various different ways or whatever. This is true. Um, but I would think like time zones is not one of. Them. I mean, time zones. I mean, it's it's odd to me. Like, I don't really have an issue with it, and never really have. But I mean, I travel a lot, and I mean, if you're a traveling comedian, you definitely should like be very aware of the times like i may have to like take a second and straighten it out in my you know what i mean but i know what they are you know what i mean i know how to figure it out yeah um and there's some but, states that make it extra confusing like arizona doesn't change what, that what, is true that I, is definitely true i love arizona for that don't change we should nobody should change we just should stay the same all fucking year everybody get on one time zone Make yeah, simple. I don't necessarily like it either. I've I've never been a huge fan of it. Yeah. So, you know, I spent, I'm not kidding, all day long uh, going back and forth. Now, Ben, Glenn Tickle, not Ben Tickle, <laughs> Ben Tickled. Uh, Glenn Tickle canceled yesterday, but I filled it in with somebody else. I have to go back and fix the calendar. And I got a few more this morning. We're still seeing that, those ads. So thank you for doing that, but uh boy uh, you know when they when the when it rains it pours yeah i am very and i mystic about i think i did do like a there was like um a film industry one that i threw it in also because it's because like you said there was a there was a bunch of different stuff that you actually had listed on there not just you know and so uh i threw it into that one too um but yeah, man, listen, I, I love the Mind Dog universe. I will do anything I can to help expand uh, this brand because I think I think that you're a beautiful person. You do a lot of things to help people. I'm handsome. And, uh, you didn't and say I, handsome. I'm always didn't, looking to do that. You have to say handsome. You're a very handsome man. I am. Uh, yeah. Man. Now, see, okay. I'm. You know what? I will say. I've actually. <laughs> I've on. I've been on this for a hot minute. Uh, I love calling men beautiful. I think I, especially, <laughs> especially when, when there's like a, I don't know, like a, um, a real caring characteristic to that person. I like to say that that's a real beautiful person. You know uh, what I mean? I appreciate um, that. because, because that's beautiful. Like, like your, your kind heart. Is beautiful and it's also rare anymore I'm the kind of guy in this who world. A puppy down the stairs. I am not a. I'm not a kind heart. I'm a puppy. But, okay, yeah, yes, you are though. You are like, like you're. You may be in disguise, but yeah, you're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, you, you can rough exterior all you like, but we know that there's like a big teddy bear inside there. I think that's what Erica said. Uh, it reminded me of her. Now, you talk about beautiful. This is, I wanted to talk about, ironically, I wanted to talk about this today. You know, Pink. Pink is one of my favorite artists. Uh, yeah. She, she's really good. Uh, I, I don't think she does enough. <laughs> to, for for her talent, she should be far more. Uh, I don't know in the in the spotlight, I guess. But today, I mean, I her, think she does what she wants to do, though. You know I, what I mean? Oh, I no, like, yeah, I'm not. I'm just saying. For me, I would like. Right, sure. I, I would like to. I would like. More I've never more. seen her show. I would love to see her live oh, sometime. My, there's an HBO special she did several years ago that I'm sure is somewhere on or YouTube. Uh, I mean, that's it, not the same though. Oh, uh, yeah, but it was so good. So good. I mean, I watched it with my stepdaughter, and she was like, you're a, I, you're a Pink fan? I was like, yeah, she's a big yeah. fan. I mean, she's incredible. Uh, oh, yeah, she's a badass chick. Yeah. Today is her birthday. Oh, well, happy birthday, and Pink. Happy birthday, Pink. Somebody posted on Twitter a picture of a woman who is not Pink, but... Could be pink if if she aged poorly, and since today is about ageism, you know we're gonna. I, this it struck my mind that this is relevant. Now it's it's a woman. Uh, now she's not a beauty queen, the woman in the picture. But uh, pink uh, says, um, "What a wasted opportunity here! There are so many pictures you could have chosen that were actually me that were worse than this picture. You nameless fucko," she says. Uh, at least be creative next time, dum dum. Well, to me, that's insulting this woman because I, I think this woman thinks she looks beautiful in this picture. There's no need to go there. I mean, this guy was whoever was trying to be insult. I think he was trying to be insulting, or he could have just just could have mistaken this picture for pink. So I I don't know, but it, to me, that that's kind of disguised, um, you know, uh, prejudice again or. You know, putting somebody else down because of her looks. You know, judging, right. judging this woman on her looks, and I, don't, I, I hate to think Pink is like that, but I could being in her shoes, I, I probably would feel the same way. You're trying to make, you're trying to insinuate that I'm this unattractive person, but uh, you know, maybe not. Maybe not. It, I don't know. I'd have to show you the picture, and I can't really. Well, do it now, and but. I think too. So Pink is actually the kind of person that probably is upset because he feels like it's a slight to the woman that it actually is. Yeah, but the way she did it, if this woman read it, she'd probably think that oh, Pink is calling me ugly. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean. All right. Um, my guest is here. Are you hanging out, or, or are you coming? Oh back no. Okay. So, what uh, do you want? When do you want the news? Uh, when uh, when they, after the segment, after this interview. Okay. Uh, well, I'll just right. watch on YouTube, and then I'll pop back in. Or, uh, can right. I watch from the back? Yeah, you can watch from the back. Of okay, I'll just watch. Yeah, from look. The back. If just... I do this, you let me know. Put your hand up. And, can you watch from the back? Do that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right, Karen Hale uh, is my guest today. She is at the age of 71. She's a podcaster, and most people who are 71 don't even know what a podcast is. Believe me, I'm close enough to 71 to know that most of my friends, most of the people who I grew up with have no idea what the hell I do. Uh, at the age of 71, uh, she still feels like a 17-year-old, which I am going to push back on her just a little bit. She's a podcaster who, who uh, talks about ageism and growing uh, not growing old, but evolving uh, and staying young. K Karen, welcome to Coffee with the Dog. 
Well, thank you. And I've got to correct you. That bio is two years old. I'm 73. 73. Well, congratulations. That You know what? When I was young, when, when I was young, I was never young. <laughs> I, when, when I, in my 30s and 40s, every time I, w- birthdays, I didn't look forward to them and I, I dreaded them coming. Sometime around 60, it became a celebration. Look, I've made it. I've made it. And something in my crazy mind, I started lying, uh, putting my a year ahead. So instead, <laughs> when I turned 63, I started telling people I was 64 just to keep it in my mindset that I'm working on 64 and I'm going to get there. And that, I just turned 64. And now I'm, I'm telling people I'm 65 already. Um, so, <laughs> so I don't know. My retire. thoughts on age change, but... Yeah. Uh, in in the bio, it does, it says you feel like a seventeen year old. Well, you know, I grew up in a family where my parents always said, "You are only as old as you feel." And what and age did you murder them? What was that? What age did you murder them? Um, very young, no, <laughs> no specific age. Um, but what I learned, what I have learned, especially in the last ten to fifteen years, is If I want to grow old like my grandparents did, um, that's not my lifestyle. And I look back because my grandmother at 50 looked like she was 90. And, you know, I made the choice watching my parents just doing the best they could at every age and not giving up. And you know what? That's exactly how I feel. Okay. Uh, Good stuff. Now we we had a, I had a comedian on uh, two weeks ago. She's eighty nine years old. She was doing uh, two hours of uh, two shows at uh, Six and Stones Comedy Club out here. Eighty nine years old, and that same day, I was playing at a nursing home for people who were in their seventies and eighties. And the contrast is most everybody who I performed for, and there were at least 100 people in the audience that day, none of them could stand up for a minute on their own. They weren't paralyzed. They just couldn't stand for a minute. Uh, and they're always, they go around in wheelchairs, although they're not paralyzed, like I said. But uh, so I said that to her. I said, you know, most people at your age can't stand up, never mind perform and sing and dance and, and tell jokes. They can't stand up for the two hours. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's not that they can't, but it becomes something that we believe in our mind you get to a certain age and may you know you're not supposed to be working anymore you're only supposed to be doing those fun things um my husband at the age of 73 is working full-time um if he wasn't working he would be one of those people sitting on a chair not being able to get up well what, what does he do can i ask what he does he's an it um person and he crawls through ceilings to uh, fix their internet connections. And he crawls on the floor to make sure that all the wires are hooked up. Um, and he programs. That's pretty cool because, uh, most, as I mentioned in the intro here, most people my age don't even know what a podcast is. So uh, maybe that's why you, why you are uh, technology uh, tuned in, is that your husband's in the, in the IT uh, world anyway. But at 70, uh, wherever, whatever age he is, I'm assuming he's in the 70s as well. You don't see a lot of IT guys in their 70s. <laughs> you know? No, you don't. You're absolutely <laughs> correct. So, right. so he does let, it because he loves it. Allow me to, uh, t- yesterday, 
I had to return a U U Haul van, and uh, nobody here to help me to to pick me up and drive me back home. So what I did was my wife bought a bicycle off of uh, Facebook Marketplace because she wants to go bike riding and and stay young that way. And she bought me a bike, and I put I haven't ridden it yet. And then I put it in the back of the U Haul to ride it home. It's about five miles. And I returned the van to U-Haul, got on the bike, and started riding. And I'm going downhill, and everything's beautiful. And uh, and then I get the uphill part. And this, in where I live in Rocky, uh, in Charm, New York, I, the place is in Rocky Point, New York. I had to go from Rocky Point to Charm, lots of hills, up and down. And somewhere 10 minutes into the thing, I, I was praying for God to take my life. <laughs> uh, and and <laughs> I was sweating. I was huffing and puffing. And I... This is, and I was thinking about you. I, I, I don't feel like a 17-year-old on this bike. I feel like a 97-year-old. Uh, so there are times where doing things that <clears throat> would be questionable at this age uh, can smack you down and, ma- and make things worse if, if you try too hard to be young. And I don't even think, it was, I, I wasn't consciously thinking, uh, I can do this, I'm a kid. But damn, on the bike, I was thinking, I'm I, I'm ready. You know, so, throw some dirt on me. Prior to yesterday, when was the last time you rode a bike? At least 10 years ago. Okay. So, again, things that we haven't been doing. Um, I had an injury back in June. And the only exercise I really could do were the things I was learning in physical therapy. Um, and I decided about three weeks ago. I'm going to start riding my stationary bike, but with tension, even though physical therapy told me that wasn't a good thing. Uh, But it is a good thing because the more I use that stationary bike with tension, the longer I can stand, the more I can walk, the more I just feel so much better. Um, But the first week or so was difficult. Every time I'd ride the bike, it would be like, could this just be over? Um, now I'm riding it 30 to 40 minutes a day and I love it. Um, what kind of your friend group? I mean, obviously my, my, I shouldn't say obviously because nothing is really obvious, but my friends, the people I was close to all my life aren't here anymore. They're gone. So I am, you know, I'm all, I'm making new friends. Of course. I mean, life goes on and you, you, but, uh, my, my friend group the people I'm friendly with are not, you know, if they're, if they're my age and I can relate to them because in, in uh, from your website there, it says stuff about being able to relate to people of all ages. I can't, I, I, if I'm honest, honest I, I have friends who are in their thirties and forties, but sometimes the conversations are like, I'm, a, I'm, I don't understand any of this stuff. And I could give you some, <laughs> some topics that we've been talking about on the show lately that probably, uh, I don't know, might, might make you feel like that's really gross and offensive. Uh, younger people are just hard to relate to for me. So, well, uh, your yeah. friends and your peer group and people that I hate to use the phrase, hang out, you hang out with, <laughs> uh, well, I, you? Think, I think I'm lucky because my youngest son, is in his early 30s. So at 40, when I had him, um, I took on that young persona like I did with my first son when I was in my 20s. And so I think in some ways that has kept me 
a little fresher. Now, it's not to say that I like everything that the young kids do today. I, too, can stand there and say I don't understand and don't relate. But I like hearing it and trying to understand because I'm sure our parents had the same issues with us I, when we were growing up. I really doubt that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't really want to get into the, the – because I talk to a lot of comedians and, and young people – sexual preferences and and the openness of of some and willingness to talk about some of these things that make me blush now i was never that kind of i'm not a prude i am definitely i always considered myself somebody who worked very blue (laughs) but uh the things they talk about today they make me embarrassed they make me feel (laughs) i can't relate so it, it's difficult for me. I mean, I don't know how you deal with that. But that's, you know, ageism goes both ways, right? And so we have, because I want this this idea about the both the presidential candidates that we have right now, the president and the former president who was running, both have questions about, are they too old to serve? And I think the answer is yes. But I don't want it to be mandatory because, as I said, I had an 89-year-old who was sharp as a tack on. So the number doesn't matter. But I do think that as you get older, you should have to pass some really strong tests to prove that you're not in decay. Because I think it does happen. I've spotted it in myself, some cognitive decline and stuff like that. So driver's license tests, the ability to serve in public service and things like that. It sounds like it's being discriminatory, though, to say, um, because we don't necessarily have that for young people to say, you prove, prove that you're, wor- you're worthy. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I'm not so sure it's about being going through testing. I think that we have to develop something where as we get, as we're growing older, we are still learning. And I think so many people say, well, I went to college when I was in my 20s. I don't have to learn anymore. Well, that's not really the case. Um, I was always taking online courses. When my youngest son was graduating from high school, I decided to go back to school to complete my bachelor's and get my master's degree. Not necessarily to use it in a job, but I needed it for myself. I needed more education. I needed to understand things better. And I'm so grateful that I did it because when I went to college when I was 18, I didn't do very well, okay? Uh I was there to have fun and my grades showed it. But when I was 50 and going back to school, let me tell you, I just relished everything I learned. Oh, yeah. I, I would love the opportunity to. When I was 50, I couldn't because I was working 20 hours a day. I was gung-ho in, uh, into every career that I've ever had. And that's that, you know, that was part of my problem in life. Everything I've done, I've thrown myself into uh, 150% sure. if that would possible. Uh, and but I love learning too. I consider myself a lifelong learner. But we do have people like in the driving exist. Uh, I know that at some point I'm going to have the, the uh, self awareness to tell myself it's time to stop driving. Now I'm not there yet, but I see people who 
are clearly a danger to society. On the oh, road. absolutely! Yeah, old ladies, yeah. where you just see their hands up here on the on the wheels, and it's not all just a uh, feminine thing. It's men, old men too. They just refuse to acknowledge that they're that. And like Mitch McConnell, he's 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 determined to stay in power, even though he's having these little mini strokes, right? On, and that are embarrassed. They've got to be really embarrassing to him. Uh, so that that's part of it is older people have to have enough self-awareness to know I can't do this anymore. They, you know, and, and, but it's hard. It's hard to, cause that feels like resigning to dying. Right. Cause when you well, stop, when you stop growing, you start dying. You know, I know when my mother was also had a number of mini strokes and the last mini stroke she had, she was in the hospital for three days and the doctor just came in on the third day and said, I am releasing you, but I need to know where your car keys are. And she looked at him and she said, what do you need my keys for? He said, you can do just about everything you want to do. I don't want you driving because if you're driving, you may survive an accident. What if you killed somebody? Yeah. And she had been saying that to us for quite a while, but because she was living alone, she thought that if she gave up her car keys, you know, we were going to make her move in with us. And we said, no, we're going to help you wherever you're going to live. And you know what? She enjoyed it because she actually hated driving. Wow. What are your thoughts? Uh, because I always, on, on retirement, I'm trying to find a way to phrase this the way I, I, I want to really uh, say it. But I've always been of the belief that once you stop working now that doesn't mean necessarily working for somebody else or doing a job you hate but one once you start stop actively wanting to do something productive with your life that's when you you, you start dying i have a friend who's younger than me he's still working but he's he when he turned 65 he plans on retiring and going to florida and play pickleball or, or shuffle shuffleboard or that kind of stuff and i'm like you have to have something he plays in a band now but he's going to give that up when he's turned 65 and just go play shuffleboard and i'm like once once you resign to that you're going to get old really fast once you oh. stop having that passion for something anything uh that's when you become like aging uh exponentially increases and you become two days older for every day you live or three days. I don't know. What's your take on retirement? This way I don't really like when they, you know, build these senior villages and they say, Oh, go live there. You'll be amongst all your friends. Well, maybe initially if you're in your late fifties or sixties, but then you start seeing more and more people who are dying, more and more people who can't do things. Um, my two sons know that their dad and I, uh, we never want to live in a senior village because having children running up and down the street brings more life into our lives each right. day. Yeah. And you know what? I don't have any grandkids, but all the kids who live around here, they can be my kids and my grandkids. Yeah. And I enjoy I, it. Yeah. I think, you know, there is a some all of that kind of stuff uh because they do bring it's, it's weird that they bring puppies and kittens 
and even you know other animals as uh, young ones into nursing homes to uh, you know kind of give people that feeling. They don't bring humans though. As <laughs> kids. It's true. They don't bring kids around. I think kids will keep you young, and I appreciate uh, messing with kids and making them laugh and that kind of stuff. I I think that you know that's one of the joys in life. Um, you're now New Cleveland Radio. I'm assuming dot net. I'm assuming you're in Cleveland. (laughs) Well, yes, we are. Um, So New Cleveland Radio actually was started for my youngest son, um, who was very much into sports. He still is. Um, And he was going to turn it into a very special sports network. But then he got a job working for the Cleveland Guardians, who were the Indians. And... uh, he couldn't do his podcast anymore. And so he just handed it over to me and said, mom, you know, you've been podcasting for a while, change it up and do what you want to do with it. Very and cool. So here I am. Well, good and, for him. It, you yeah. know what? Anybody who uh, gets a dream job, I mean, that you know, that will keep you young in itself is, is doing what you want to do with your life. Absolutely. There yes. are so many people, uh, people of our generation. I can say our generation. You're close enough. <laughs> you're, I think you're one of the first boomers, and I'm on. I'm kind of a late boomer. I'm born in 1959, and there is a difference between the uh, 1945 to 1955 people and the 1955 to 1964 sure. people uh, generationally. But I, you know, they lump us into the same generation. Uh, but, uh, I think a lot of our generation were brought up on the idea. You get one job, you stay with it for 30 years, you get your gold watch, you retire, all that kind of stuff. Uh, today the mindset is very different. It's, you know, be of many different, move around a lot, upward mobility within a career and not necessarily thinking towards, um, 30 years and a gold watch within one one kind of thing. Good for your son. I'm glad he's doing that. Are you a big sports fan? Um, because of him, absolutely. Okay. Uh, now, now he's working with the WNBA down in Dallas. So now I'm all about women's basketball. What is wow, women's basketball? That's a that's a whole other thing. That yeah. crap. Uh, <laughs> uh, I forgot what I was going to ask you about that. Oh, what does he do for them? Is he in so, broadcasting or? Well, no, he's doing their merchandising for them, and um, you know his original dream was to be an actual baseball player. Um, And he took lessons for years. However, he's high functioning autistic. And in his mind, when he played, he had to play like the major leaguers and coaches in middle school and high school. They don't go for that. They have their own roles. And finally he said, I'm not going to play anymore. If I can't play under the basic rules, I'm out. All right. Um, so uh, avoid the maze. What is that? Because I have newclevelandradio.net. What is avoid the maze the name of the podcast? What is- yes, avoid the maze is my podcast. Um, I host a number of podcasts with other podcast hosts under New Cleveland Radio. But I started avoid the maze for people who they've had this dream all their life of what they want to do, but they're stuck in the maze of, I have to work my job 
40 hours a week. I have to take care of my family another 20 hours a week. And when they add it all up, it's like, when is it time for me? Yeah. And there is time, you know, and I heard you sort of relate to that, that, you know, I was working a corporate job and I was putting in 60 hours a week, even though I was only scheduled for 40. And I kept saying, when is the time for me? And my husband said to me, when you start working 40 hours a week, you'll find time. And I cut back, I started podcasting and it was like, there is time. There is life beyond corporate America. All right. There's a catch 22 here. The people who need to hear your message most are young people who are probably not inclined to be your audience. Right. <laughs> that That's a, a tough thing to say. I'll tell you a little story and I'll try to make it quick because I've told it 10,000 times. But uh, I was buying an amplifier for a guitar off of Craigslist and the guy wanted to meet in a mall parking lot. And I thought that was very weird because for an amplifier, you got to go and plug it in, test it out. But okay. And I got there before him. He pulled up, uh, and I could tell by the vehicle he was in that he was very wealthy. And he was with his wife who was covered in diamonds and pearls, and she smelled like you know, like a uh, uh, like Tiffany's. Yeah. <laughs> like she, she smelled rich. She smelled like money. And we were talking, and he asked me what I did, and I said I played in a band. And he said, oh, you're living the dream. And I laughed. I laughed in his face. I said, you don't know the life I live. It's very hard. I'm not a rock star. I'm not rich and famous. And he said, stop. And this was, I, this was several years ago. He said, I'm 69 years old. I'm retiring. Obviously, I did very well in the commodities market. You can see that. He said, I always wanted to play in the band. You're living my dream. He said, and I'm never going to, I'm selling you my amplifier now. That's significant. Uh, 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 a significance of I'm giving up on this dream. It's too old for me to be a rock star at 69 or be in a band at 69. And I thought, well, maybe that's not true. You could be in a band. You're just not going to, it's going to be tough to find people your age who are uh, wanting, to, wanting to do it with you and all, and getting started is the toughest thing. But what a uh, uh, paradigm shift thinking, wow, this guy would trade places with me. He's super wealthy, but he waited his whole life to pursue his dream. And then it was too late. And that's a sad, sad statement. So I think that young people are the ones, you know, to hear that I don't wanna I don't wanna get to be sixty-nine before I figure out it's time for me. And then there's really not a lot of time for you because physically there are the realities. Sure. You can't do everything you, you used to do. So I think, you know, how do you how do you market it to younger people? So, so that they'll be willing to actually listen to the message that you are delivering. Well, actually, 40% of our listeners are 20 to 35. Wow. And Women? I, I'm assuming women. No, right. men. Really? Which always amazes me. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> but in, And I hear from them. They will email me and say, you know, you said that, you know, so-and-so said on your program that they did this at age 40, you know, and I went out to their website and I checked it out and wow, you know, this is what I want to do. I can do this too. And it's like, we all can. The difference is to where, what do we consider success? Okay. I have a friend who's been podcasting almost as long as I have been and she's ready to give it up. And I said, why? 
She said, I don't have a lot of listeners. I said, when is a lot enough? Right. I said, what kind of feedback are you getting? How much do you enjoy doing this? I said, if I didn't enjoy doing it, I'd quit. I enjoy it. So if one person's listening, that's wonderful. If 10,000 people are listening, that's wonderful too. I just want to help anyone see that there are opportunities and not just challenges. That's cool. I'm surprised that men, because we are very stubborn by nature and... (laughs) And, uh, you know, even though I, like I said before, I've always considered myself a lifelong learner. I, as, as a young man, I can't see myself uh, spending an hour or a half hour. I'm not sure what, what, how long you do it. But the, the listening to old people tell me that what I need to do to avoid getting growing old and, and to grow old gracefully or however you want to put it. I just think, yeah, what do they know? And I would also think. This has always been in the back of my mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna live past 54 anyway. Uh, I, I'm gonna be dead by then. So what difference does it make? The, I'm with, oh, the James Dean thing: live hard and live hard and die young and leave a good looking corpse. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, and that it really is disappointing when you, <laughs> when you figure that out. <laughs> you know, but when I look at some of these so-called rock stars from my earlier generation who are still performing today. Mick Jagger and, and Keith Richards at 80 and just put out a new People are going to their concerts. Yeah. So I think our young people today are different than I was at their age. At their age, if somebody was 35 years old, they were old. Okay. But young people today, I know um, one of the jobs I do, I, I do uh, IT training. And when these young kids come up to me, it's like, how did you get into this? When did you get into it? And when I tell them I was 45 years old when I got into IT, right? it's like, but well, why did you do it? And I said, because I had to know what I was using. I had to know how my computer worked. I had to know how the software worked. And right. so I decided to learn it. IT was not even a thing. <laughs> it wasn't a thing. It's it's hard to relate to that whole and all the changes we've seen in our lives as far as technology and all that right. stuff. But the career of I of an IT professional was not a thing in the seventies and eighties when we were, uh, you know, pursuing careers, our first careers anyway. Uh, it's that's just interesting. Now, uh, how how is your podcast video and audio or is it just audio? Yes, it is. It um, is video? And we do one show um, that is a live feed. Um, in fact, we do it every Tuesday afternoon at 3.30. It's called One in the World with Paul Seaburn. And Paul has been a comedy writer a good majority of his life. And he lives here in the Cleveland area. And he knocked on our studio door one day and he said, I'd like to do a show. And I said, come on board. Um, wow. And it's been great. He talks about strange and weird news. And uh we try not to get into the politics or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, you said something there. Our studio, you built a studio, an actual uh, well, radio we, type studio, television studio? We did at the time, um, but I brought it all home because, you know, and I'm glad I did that before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, 
because it just makes life so much easier. I was talking to a friend the other day who spent 35 years in radio, and I said, listen, I know uh, you know, you're at, you've been out of it for, for several years, but I know you got to be itching. To, you miss it. I know you do. And I have a, this live streaming radio station, Mind Dog, uh, Radio on Live 365 and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to do a show on there, he said, I've been approached to do shows. I don't want to leave my home <laughs> to, <laughs> to do it, uh, to drive all the way to because some of the studios that, that are often are 60 miles away, you know, commutes and nobody wants to commute anymore. And I don't blame them. I, one of the things about COVID, that COVID taught me is it's not worth it to, to get sit in a car in traffic in, in New York traffic for an hour and a half to get someplace. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, so uh, your that show, the live show is at 2.30 on Tuesdays? Uh, 3.30 Tuesdays, Eastern Standard Time. Okay, and the other, the the rest, oh, the avoid the maze. That's once a week, or is it every so, day? So yesterday I did two shows for avoid the maze, um, and so it. I only do my recordings now on Tuesdays and Wednesdays because I have taken on um, an IT job that is part time, but is for all the hospitals here in Cleveland, and I love it. Um, it's my chance to get up and walk and do all the things that i also love to do right uh before i let you go i want to talk touch on that uh because i do a lot of work in nursing homes assisted living centers um and it occurs to me that there's a whole it's a very complicated issue but i don't know when it started i don't remember my grandparents died in my parents home Right. They, they it was and my mother died in my home. It was like I don't wanna ship somebody off like they're a problem that too much of a burden for me. I remember as as dysfunctional as my family was, they took care of me when I was an infant. <laughs> uh, and it, I don't wanna abandon them when because oh wait, you you you're taking it back now. You gave now I and it's time to give back and no, I'm not I wanna just ship you off and make you somebody else's problem my wife works in nursing home i i was very complicated for me because i see that some people are a real handful and not everybody has the medical expertise to take care of some of these people but i also feel like as a society we're losing a, a, an important part of the connection to that part of aging and that part of life because that's how you learn what's really important when you're taking care of somebody who's old and dying what what are you what's your perspective on the nursing home economy that we've set up that everybody who reaches a certain age the kids will ship them off as a problem to be held taken care of in a factory <laughs> so i will tell you one of the other shows we do is called uh, care notes. And it, I'm working with uh, a home uh, care facility here in Cleveland. This gentleman used to work for Procter & Gamble. He, When he decided to start this, he said, I want to treat everybody as if they were my mother or father. And his home industry, people are blossoming when Family members called him initially and they said, well, we're thinking about putting Ma or dad into a facility. He'd say, well, how active are they now? 
and maybe they have trouble getting in and out of a chair. Maybe we want to make sure that they take their medication, but they don't need help 24 seven. And so now they're feeling good about themselves again at 70, 80 and 90 years old. Um, You know, I think nursing homes, there's a reason for them if somebody really needs skilled care. But if you don't need skilled care, why go lock yourself up in a building and see your friends on a regular basis pass away? I think our problem is that it's not the decision of the elderly at that point. It's the decision of the the children of them, adult children, very adult children, people in their 40s and 50s. And what I say to adult children, you're going to be your mother and father someday. They don't think about that. I I I hear you very loud and clear. And when I'm playing in these facilities, I see these people, and they're there. They spend. It always gives me uh, a good feeling that they're there spending time because some of the people are just left alone and haven't seen their families for a while. That's uh, that's really heartbreaking. It's why I do what I do. As a very young person, I started doing it. My grandfather was in a nursing home. He had brain cancer, and I and they were taking care of him. And as a way to pay back the people who were taking care of them, I started volunteering at like 16 years old and and playing for him. And it became part of my life. And now it's something I don't I can't give up. But it's always been near and dear to my heart is understanding that you know I'm going to be that old too if I make it to that old. I don't want to. This is not a dignified way to go out. And I think we lose sight of what the value of taking care of those people. It feels like a burden, but in reality, it was a burden we were meant to have. You talk about lifelong learning. It's a, a lesson that we were meant to learn that we were reluctant to even go. I'm calling in like, I don't want to go to school today. I'm sick. It's that I don't yeah. want to learn about being old. It's too uncomfortable for me. Let's just let's just have the state or Medicare or his retirement funds pay for it. It's a very sad situation. Yes, though. it is. Uh, do, you, do you talk about those kind of issues on, on your show? We absolutely do. Um, and I think it's important because my grandfather came to live with us. Um, he lived with us for two and a half years. And then he made the choice that he wanted to go to the senior home. Um, He said he loved being around his grandchildren. He loved being around his daughter, but he felt like he was a burden, even though he was not. And when he went to um, the senior home, he had three more great years. He was everybody's friend, but he went in with a different mentality. And this is back in the fifties. He went back in and he just said, come on, you're not going to sit in that wheelchair. You can walk. And he got people up and walking. Um, so for some people, it works. Yeah. That, most most of us know. That's uh-huh. why it's complicated because there are some people who view it like going back to school and they're happy to be there. It's, it's like, a you know, they become the king of the uh, the hill in that sense. Right. And, you know, <laughs> why wouldn't you want that? Yeah. I, I was never the uh, football captain or the popular guy in, in high school, but now I'm top of the uh, king of the hill here and everybody loves me. <laughs> and, uh, I'm James Dean in the nursing home. <laughs> anyway, it's been a pleasure to uh, have you here. Now, uh, podcast, are you writing a book? You should write a book about all this stuff. No, I have a website. I blog just about every single day. 
Um, and most of my blogs now are coming under my coaching heading um, because in April, uh, I was down in Texas taking care of my son. He had emergency surgery. And he said to me, Mom, I know you love podcasting, but you have your certification for coaching. Why aren't you coaching? And I said, oh, there's so many other coaches out there. And he goes, but you'd be good at it. Yeah. And I started telling people and uh, my concept of coaching really is for people who are 45 and up because they're starting to wonder at that point, yeah, what's there for me? And yeah. you know what? There's a lot out there for all of us. Our, our perspective on what is old is changing all the time, too. I remember thinking when I was, you know, a teenager in 20s that 40s was old. Then when I hit my 40s, that was the best decade of my life. Looking back, and, uh, you know, it, it looking back can be a dangerous thing because you get too nostalgic and then you start to feel old. But I, I never thought my 40s would be that active. The band I play with now, uh, I started in, in, when I turned 40. And to me, it, it was like a new lease on life. It was like starting over again and finding my, reconnecting with the passion I had in my 20s. And it was a tremendous thing. Uh, but so I don't think 40s is old anymore. And we look at people now, you know, they talk all the time. They use these cliches, 30s is, uh, 30 is the new 20, whatever, uh, 50 is the new 40. <laughs> However, it's, it's mindset. Mindset has a lot to do with it, of course. But, uh, you know, there is the reality of the physical stuff that, that gets you. And it, for me, it's a, it's a tough thing to maintain that attitude of youth. And so I appreciate what you're doing. I hope you're helping oh, with you. that. I, I don't like, I have to tell you, I don't like the semantics of coach. I think we have to, you know, because there's too many life coach. I've interviewed so many life coaches and all these things. Like, what makes you an expert in life? Because a coach, while they might not be the superstar that's going to the Hall of Fame in sports, they're a person who's an expert in sports. I'm using that coaching analogy. They're an expert in the sport. Well, I'm going to take life coach from somebody i want them to be an expert in life and what, where's your qualification in that so <laughs> the best coaches out there when they're coaching they're coaching regarding something that they have lived through and they're passionate about okay um i've turned a lot of people away and referred them to other coaches because it's not my area of expertise i understand parents who are working with a child who may have a disability. Okay. Um, my, like I said, my oldest son, my youngest son is on the autism spectrum, but he's at the high end of the spectrum. But for many years, they were treating him like he was at the low end. Right. And so I knew what that meant. I knew how, that my life was not mine. It was his life. Right. And so many people just don't get that. So I can help coach people in that area. But again, people who are facing, you know, their 50s and 60s and saying, there can't be anything else for me. Well, maybe you're not going to be a podcaster like myself. Maybe you're not going to be a coach. Maybe you're not going to go out and do IT work. But what is it you would really like to do? Right. Yeah, you know, I get Start it. with 10 minutes a day doing it. And then keep going. 
Well, cool. I wish you great success with your, with your podcast and all the stuff you do. If you could send that comedy writer guy my way, I would love to talk to him. Okay, I certainly will. <laughs> all right, Thank all right. you so much. It's been a pleasure. Come a back sometime. Thank you. Bye for now. Karen Hale, folks, uh, we're going to take a short break for our sponsors, and then we'll, we'll recap. We'll talk about this. We'll bring Willie back in, and we'll uh, discuss uh, his thoughts on getting old. Uh, True Fire is our sponsor today. Speaking of all, at any age, you can learn to play guitar, and you don't even have to leave your home. True Fire, you can learn right on online, at home, at your own convenience. Learn from some of the best players in the business and some guitar coaches. How about that, guitar coach? Or a guitar teacher, or just a guitar player. <laughs> I'm a slinger. All right, uh, True Fire, check it out. Over 2 million guitar players worldwide learn, practice, and play with True Fire. Our learning tools and massive library of video lessons will ignite your technical skills, harmonic knowledge, rhythm playing, and soloing chops. Truefire's educators are the best in the biz, from Grammy Award winners to world-renowned artists. You'll have access to an unparalleled faculty of over 300 top-notch blues, rock, jazz, country, fingerstyle, and acoustic guitar educators. Using our desktop and mobile apps, you'll work with Truefire's multi-angle video lessons on any device, anytime, anywhere. Integrated learning tools such as video synced tab and notation, slow-mo, looping, practice jam tracks, and many more handy controls accelerate your learning experience. Truefire style-specific learning paths guide you every step of the way. Use our assessment tools to find your starting point, then follow our lesson recommendations and track your progress as you work through your personalized Truefire study plan. Progress faster with private one-on-one instruction, group lessons, multi-track video jams, live streams, song lessons. Stu- hey, what happened? I didn't turn that off, did I? Or did you turn that off? You turning? Did you turning off my commercials? You bastard! Did you? I think you muted yourself, dude. I can't unmute you. I can't unmute you. You're muted. Now you're not okay. muted. Yeah. No, it it was it wasn't playing. It was you. You did it. I, I was trying. I was Get trying to make it play. Oh no! Oh well, don't. It was was it was it playing? It was, playing, it was yes. It was playing on my end. It was oh okay, yeah. okay so. Uh, my thing was blank, and it said the browser wasn't playing the thing. So I went into the because I knew it'd be under brand, and so I was trying to play it again. That mother. But I guess it just wasn't playing for me. I'm God, so sorry that, about that. Uh, that's so. That's all right. True Fire. We got the message anyway. You want to learn to play guitar? Get on TrueFire.com uh, and invite musicality. That's what we got. Anyway, I'm so sorry. That's I'm fine. trying to be helpful. Oh well, that's uh, I, we hate helpful people. Helpful, I, is, man. Helpful you know, this uh, this is usually how it goes when I'm trying to be helpful with my wife too. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, usually some sort of disaster. The aging aging is ageism bastard known as GD Fenderson, certified forensic humorist, says fossil is the new cougar. <laughs> I think that's quite rude, but funny. Uh <laughs> Fossil is the new. 
So what are your takes on the uh, aging thing? Are you are you thinking about getting old? Or are you, are you, I mean, it- I'm well, like you, I'm already I'm already older than I ever thought I'd be like, because when you know, when I was a, a teenager, I didn't think I'd live to see 21, you know, and I almost didn't, you know, uh, for a number of different reasons. Um, so uh, and and here's the trouble. Here's the trouble when when you're a youth. And you say things to yourself like, oh, I'm probably not going to live to see 21. You don't plan for the future, you know? And so that was like a lot of the trouble that I had in my early 20s is that I didn't spend any of my teens really planning anything. And so my 20s were just kind of on a whim, right? you know? And so now, uh, if I knew I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. (laughs) Right. Right. Like, like, man, I don't, I don't think I'd have done half the stuff I did because boy, howdy, uh, like, like even working out, dude, like the, the, the pain that I have like in my lower back and like my, and, and like my lower abdominal, like my, I have some like real core issues. You Me know too. what I mean? Yes. And like that's why I've been trying to do the planking and stuff like that to like really get my my core back because I just but I also had some injuries too that like I fell like 20 years ago and hurt my back really bad and it's went out a couple times since then. So when you have stuff like that like cuz uh I actually enjoy working out a lot like lifting and stuff like that um but like I can't go heavy anymore. So now I just, you know, I do light stuff and I do higher reps. Um, but, but I wish I could go heavier and get bulkier, but I'm, I'm too afraid to you know, lift heavy weight because I don't want to hurt myself again. I didn't want to. And I'm sure if you probably noticed, I kind of was tempted to, but I didn't want to go to the, uh, ass eating conversation with with karen uh yeah i'm glad you didn't i i think it, i think it would have been a little much for her i'm that's Which is what, fine i'm not because... sure because she says she relates to people at all ages and all and and she wants to have those conversations yeah you, you i can tell i can see you i can see you itching for it i was just like oh is he gonna is he gonna and and you kind of you're like nah better not you're like it was but great it was, it, it was fun to watch from my perspective to be yeah. honest with you this is a, a, a major conundrum for me because I, uh, I started to say before, I'm really optimistic about the future of the show. Yesterday, I heard from several very big-name comedians. Uh, a couple of them are ladies. And those ladies, I know both of them, do lots of jokes about anal sex. And I also know that the audience isn't always kids. It's, it isn't always young people. Sometimes it's it's people my age. And I know, listen, it's not just me. If I go to, like, if I'm on a gig and there, and this happened at uh, a, a party that I played on uh, 4th of July at a huge table full of people my age, and I started doing some uh, ass-eating humor, <laughs> and they were just grossed out by it, like, people my age are not ready even if they might like it secretly like it they don't want to talk about it and they, they don't want to i don't even know they say that they secretly like like it though i think it's a turn off to most people my age but so if, as a comedian if you're doing like ass-eating jokes or anal sex jokes uh, and the crowd is my age i could see that being like 
I, that's just not what I paid for. I'm not coming. We have to leave right now, Herbert. Grab my right. bag. Right. Yeah. So, I can see that happening. Yeah. So, you know, those kind of, kinds of things. I think we are changing as a society from being uh, what what we can joke about and talk about even and have conversations about to people her age and my age who just can't handle those conversations. And you just dropped, proved it that you were assuming that she can't handle that conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, I would say by and large, most of society, like, especially when it comes to asking, so, most of, they don't want to hear it. Like, like, if and, I asked, so if I asked her if she ever did reverse cowgirl, you think she would have lost outraged and never come back to the show? I it's mean, it. no, because that has nothing to do with ass eating. Reverse, no, I mean, that no, might no, be I, like, I mean, whatever. I mean, just the. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know. You say you feel 17. Have you ever done reverse cowgirl? It, it, what, what do you think she would have said? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that would have been a legitimate, reasonable question. <laughs> and But I'm, I'm a on, fucked up individual. Back. Okay, you can't. Like, I listen, you can. Uh, uh, I, 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 I love you, Matt, and I will be. I will be pretty much whatever you want me to be for this show, bro. But I cannot be the voice of reason because, <laughs> like, right. my standard of morality, it's it's shoddy. It's shoddy sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Um. Well, speaking of uh, G.D. Fenderson now, I, I wanted to bring this up to you because he's going to be doing it yesterday, as I mentioned. I put it out there. If anybody wants to do a show, he asked if he could do a show on Sunday here. Uh, the Reverend Jelly Roll, which is a, a character he's been doing as part of his show for quite a while. But I, I'm kind of thinking, because I didn't know about Jelly Roll, maybe he doesn't know about Jelly Roll either, but I'm kind of thinking it's going to attract Jer Jelly Roll fans and uh, they might be a little upset that this isn't Jelly Roll, this Reverend Jelly Roll type of thing. What What are your thoughts on that? The Reverend Jelly Jelly Roll. I haven't seen the character, to be honest. With yeah, you. no. I I mean, without seeing the character, I have I have no idea. Like, I can't really speculate what the fans would think or say without seeing without knowing what the character is. Yeah. Um. But I mean, Jelly Roll, man. Listen, going to a Jelly Roll concert is a lot like going to church, bro. Uh, it's church for the broken. It's church for people that don't like fucking steeples, you know, um, because it's a night of hope. It's a night of, you know, we're going to, you know, we can get past this. There's, you know, there's an, you know, there's a, there's another day. There's another, you know, it's a hope shot a hundred percent to go to a jelly roll concert. And so like to, especially a reverend jelly roll, I could definitely, easily see misconceptions happening for sure uh now before we go to the news i'm uh i'm sure you're aware of uh the football game last yes night. it's in here i have it in the news all right i just want i do have an image that aaron uh rogers had sent to me just now he's watching the show and he, <laughs> he's, he's watching from home here, here, here's this uh image you see he's watching the show with his ankle all wrapped I guess that's not funny. I thought that was funny. Oh. Anyway. Oh, my God. Don't get out of here. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
We'll bring in, uh, let me play the news thing, and then it's time for the news, and then I will cut. You know what I noticed in, in editing yesterday? You couldn't hear me laughing in the background. I didn't have my mic muted, but I was laughing hard throughout your whole thing. But uh, Oh, okay, do, good. Yeah, I didn't know. I couldn't hear you, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, for some reason it didn't come through. I don't know why that is. We're going to see if we can rectify that. And and you can't say rectify without rector. I don't know. Right. <laughs> It's time for the news, ladies and gentlemen. Here now is Walter Willie Cronkite. Good morning. SciTech Daily reports that physicists at the University of Warsaw have turned Schrodinger's cat on its head with fractional Fourier transformation. Now, I'm no physicist, so I have no idea what I just said, but I sure hope the cat's okay. Comedian Amy Schumer isn't getting the attention she was hoping for. The train wreck star took to Instagram to mock Nicole Kidman's alien-like behavior at the U.S. Open this past weekend. Fans of the actress fired back at Schumer's comments and let her know that her bullying ways weren't appreciated. I, for one, wasn't surprised. I expect nothing less from a frat boy with a vagina. <laughs> With just over 11 minutes left in the first quarter, New York, New York Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers took a 10-yard sack that took him out of the game. Just four snaps in to the game, the four-time MVP suffered an ankle injury that is speculated to be his Achilles. The Jets did go on to beat the Buffalo Bills 22-16, <sighs> Backup quarterback Zach Wilson, the former BYU standout, was the second pick of 2021. And um, he had 14 completions on 21 attempts for 140 yards, one touchdown, one interception, which means he is not the answer for the Aaron Rodgers hole in your fantasy team. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Well, all right, go ahead. We'll talk about that. Go ahead. I'm okay. Sorry. I'm being rude. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yahoo News reports the, the Kremlin did confirm North Korea dictator Kim Jong un will be traveling to Russia to meet with President Putin in the coming days. There is no official itinerary announced, but I'm sure that there will be some chest licking, some nipple twisting, and a spirited round of circle jerk on a Napoleon <laughs> cake that will take place. They're going to use a Napoleon cake for the circle jerk oh. so that everyone can have a piece because nothing says you don't value life like having your Napoleon cake and eating dead babies too. Wow. That's, that's the news. That's fucking brutal. Anyway, uh, let me put myself I can't put myself back in here. I'm gone. You know what? I don't know. Sir, you gotta, I like now we gotta, on, I, wait, I, gotta, I'm, I'm looking at myself on the right. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. That's better. Anyway, uh, wow. Uh, you, so you don't think Zach Wilson is uh, Zach? <laughs> well, okay, name? so I don't know if you know about like fantasy points or whatever, but like as far as as far as like what 
what those stats are for fantasy, like that's well, garbage. Fourteen fantasy. out of twenty-one with one interception and one touchdown. That's not yeah. a bad game. One interception is a blemish, but the rest. Yeah, but of just one forty on the yards. I mean, most uh, fantasy leagues are probably giving you like one point every twenty yards. But you can, know what I mean? All right, I, I hear what you say, but can you judge? It doesn't. Buffalo it's one have, game. It's one Buffalo game. Ha, doesn't Buffalo have a really good? defense or am i wrong about that right yeah no 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 uh for 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 one let let's be clear this is comedy you know what i mean so like yeah. I'm, I'm 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 being a dick but it's just to be jovial it's oh. one game you certainly can't judge a player and from the sounds of things he's definitely going to be starting in week two because uh I, I aaron thinking, aaron looks like it looks like probably surgery is going to be necessary if he even ever plays again because an achilles injury at this age i right. mean that could be definitely career ending so you know uh thoughts and prayers to aaron Rodgers. you know like for for as much as you know i might uh you know give Packer backers shit and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's still a person. He's still injured. It's still his livelihood, you know. But these are just jokes, folks. You know? Yeah, no, I, I get it. No, I, I I definitely get that it's just jokes. But I would say <laughs> that this is um, it's a destiny moment for this kid. It can. I mean, it certainly could be. Certainly when he could was be. Drafted, and then they got Aaron Rodgers. He probably like, right, Fuck. right. Fuck my, my, yeah. And then all the, it's like a heaven can wait moment where, yeah. where the guy dies on and the they got and they got the W. So I mean, right. like I mean, come on, <laughs> yeah. And that that one touchdown was was an overtime, right? Uh, or do I have that wrong? They, they, uh, it it might have been. You know what? I can't remember. I know they like scored I scored a touchdown in overtime, but I don't know if it was a by pass yeah. or by whatever. But yeah, so you know. I, you know, that that's kind of a hopeful story for me that this kid might have like a, a Cinderella type season. And then, you know, my, I could just, not that I, I'm not like a Jet fan or I'm not, I've been a Giant fan when I was a football fan, but I would love to see that for, especially the Jets have become what the Red Sox were, what the Cubs were before they, you know, at, at a time perennial losers like when the rangers had a 54 year uh losing streak of not not getting to the stanley cup it's kind of a romantic thing so i hope i hope big things happen for this kid i'll tell you i'll tell you what the jets need more than anything the jets need to sell to gary v because if gary v uh owns the new york jets like he wants to um this is a very uh rich guy who uh, loves the team, wants nothing more than to own that team, and I believe would do anything to make that a championship team. If you want to make the New York Jets Super Bowl champions, sell them to Gary Vee. That's, that's my take. All right. I'm getting chastised by Ian uh, not to heckle you. Uh, I, I, feel a little, I feel bad now. I feel bad. I don't feel, feel like I was heckling. I thought I was uh, just... Uh, uh, being a pain in the ass. All right, whatever. I uh, I, I didn't feel heckled by you. Oh, fine. Yeah, Putin and Kim Jong Un. <laughs> yeah. Did, okay. Did you like it? I was super proud. Of, like when I wrote that joke, I was like, "This is fucking beautiful." <laughs> like I'm like, "This is one of the funniest things I've ever fucking written." <laughs> like, <laughs> but who's the top? Is Putin the top? I mean, the in that. In that, uh, Actually, so the circle game. jerk, I imagine, like, I imagine for the circle jerk, I imagine Kim Jong-un, I imagine President Putin, and both their security teams 
You know what I mean? Like just like 12, 14 motherfuckers just going tossing around this fucking Napoleon cake and <laughs> you know <laughs> da. That's all I can say. Da. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm fucking, there's something wrong with me. I mean, no, we know that professional help. Obviously, you're here. That's proof enough that there's something wrong with you. Uh, Jet Rogers, why? Oh, is like re- repeating the same comment again. I think uh, he might be having a, a Mitch McConnell moment there, GD. Anyway, um, so yeah, that was good news, you know. Uh, I forgot what I yesterday I was reviewing your uh news thing. Now the guy the uh the prisoner who escaped and it took it took somebody else. Still on the loose by the way. I checked this morning. Right. Uh the fact that he is I don't know. This is going to be racist. I know it is. And I, I I hate myself for thinking this. But you mentioned I didn't know he was um from South America wherever he's from. He's Brazilian, yeah. Brazilian, yeah. Five foot tall, right? So, and I'm thinking it's just that's a racial thing. I, I mean that that is a lot of people from South America, Guatemala, and Mexico are Mexico. smaller in stature. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So that's probably having why he's avoiding the cop because they they're treating him like they're calling in the national guard for this guy, and they're afraid of him. Well, first of all, well, I mean, listen, I mean, the dude's been on the loose for almost two weeks now. He killed his he killed his ex girlfriend. He's wanted for murder in Brazil. Um, now the, oh. the I didn't report on it this morning, but they um, they are sure that he is armed at this point. Um, but so. I mean, they need to find the dude because he is a threat. I mean, I'm sure if I lived in that area, I would. There's no way that if I lived in that area, you know, as as a regular citizen, if I, you know, you know, I suppose if I had my own home defense or whatever, I wouldn't mind staying or whatever. But, but because you got to understand that this dude is on the run. He's desperate. He's murdered before, obviously. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. Yeah. No I regard mean, for life, right? It, it's a threat for sure. And the fact that he's evaded police for so long already, I mean, that's why, in my opinion, I think it is right to call in the National Guard. You need to fucking find this guy. You need to do it right now. They'll probably come in with some thermal shit or whatever. You know, What's wrong and, with their local police that they, uh, but and again, I understand this guy's small. He could probably, you know, he could probably hide pretty easily, especially in the woods, you know, just you know, you're that small. It's easy to kind of conceal yourself or just dive behind a rock or a tree right. or something. I um, mean, I'm only speculating, but I imagine that that police, the, this this county or whatever, they don't deal with this sort of thing all that often. They got a prison I mean, listen, right there. They, and, right, and right. They, okay. But, wait, hold right, on. They had they don't an deal escape. all that often, but they didn't may because that guy got out through somebody else. Right, but this is part of it's actually, I'm going to roll that into the same thing. So the fact that they had an inmate escape on May 19th from this same facility and the fact that this dude used the same exact route to escape from the exercise yard of that facility. Okay. They obviously are inept. They they are functioning 
not knowing what the fuck they're doing because listen you think believe me my prison yard had fucking places where uh, an able-bodied person that knew how to crab walk up walls could do it for sure you want to know what was in the middle of every one of those fucking sections a whole big fucking line of fucking barbed wire that you couldn't you know what i mean like you what what is this, you know, so obviously the sheriff's department in this county, you know, they don't got all their fucking dogs barking. So, yeah, let's get the National Guard, fucking find this guy, you know, and maybe, maybe find a few new fucking deputies for your sheriff's department that know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, thermal Im- imaging, he could, he could show up as a dog. I mean, he's a for a I mean man. that is true. No, that's true too. I mean, yeah, because that that could be not as helpful as I thought. Yeah, no. Yeah, that man he, is so small. I mean, no, you're right. Because my dog's probably about like would probably give off about the same thermal signature. Because right. I got a great Pyrenees. That's a I big ass women, dog. I know women who are like I. I had a girlfriend who was four foot eleven, and she had a daughter, a full grown daughter, twenty one year old daughter, who was uh four four foot eight. <laughs> and that's small for a woman, but this guy's not much bigger than that. And that that is so petite and small. I mean, this right. guy weighs a hundred pounds. It's, that's a very small human being. Yeah. Uh, and that's you know, I, I think I could probably stay undetected if I really tried to. But he's been breaking into houses and stuff. It's it's a really crazy story. But it seems it really to happen. Is. Yeah. No, he's been going in and out of houses, and I think that's part of what's the most concerning for the average citizen is he's been nonchalantly going in and out of homes. Right. Wow. Well, I hope they get him soon. Uh, I hope he doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, I mean, I know we joke about it and all, but we definitely hope nobody gets hurt in this. Uh, but it right. is an interesting story. I'm not saying I want it to end anytime soon because we can keep talking about it as, as it goes on. It would be good. Like if we're still talking about this a month from now and the guy's still not left the area, like he's not smart enough to get the fuck out of the area, but he's still smart enough to elude these fucking yokel cops. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you would almost think as I mean, why is he staying in the area too? You That's know what it. I mean? He's stupid. He's as stupid as the cops. Everybody in this thing is stupid. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I originally when this when I first started covering when I first did the story on this, I wanted to do it almost like he was in search of a one-armed man to clear his name. You know, <laughs> I was gonna do a fugitive thing about it, but but then I didn't want to be. But then I read more into the story, and he's like also wanted for murder in Brazil. I was like, nah, that's probably not the direction to go with this, like. Yeah. Bean, Bean, if, if you're still there in the audience, Miss Bean, Orson Bean, uh, Bean, President Bean, President Bean, Bean uh, you need to pr- put some pressure on your friend Cat. Now I know she's go- going away this week uh, to Bisbee, Arizona. She's going to Arizona and then to Bisbee to the shows uh, down uh, at the Shady Dell. But we need to get her to pressure, pressure her to come on the show to uh, promote her uh, cover song thing that she does on YouTube. Today, she's out with the Smokey Robinson classic, You Really Got a Hold on Me. The Beatles also covered that. Lots of people covered it. Great song. We need to get Kat back on the program. Get her up early. Obviously, she's up early enough to post this stuff on YouTube and Twitter. She could be up early enough just to come on here for a few minutes. Bean, work your... As a president, this is part of your responsibility. 
<laughs> I just keep I'll just keep adding things on on there till all that stuff. Now you know I have to say Kelly is one of the best people in the world. She she is uh she's got a lot of great positive energy, um, very encouraging all the time. And dude, she she reposts uh the stuff that I post so much and it, it's a real big help to me. Well because to be honest, it's so you were- she sent me you a live on Star Maker. And yeah. I, tried, I tried several ways. Apple is not friendly with this. I got to join. I got to download an app. This is why the fallback of that, that platform is I don't want to get right. any new software on my machine. I just want to watch this fucking thing. Right, right. And I, you know, that's the only thing. That is the one thing about Star Maker that really gets me is like you have to download the app in order to watch my lives. Right. Um, but I am like, I'm trying to get to 5,000 followers on there. I think I'm at like around three. I'm somewhere around 3,000 wow, followers on the Star Maker app. Wow, very good. And that's worldwide. I mean, there, there's actually a lot of, um, there's a big Asian presence on the Star Maker app, um, <laughs> which probably isn't that surprising. <laughs> you know, uh, Asians do love their karaoke, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know if I ever told you about this, but, you know, the poster back there, that's Hank Porter on the poster. Hank Porter, when I was 40, I decided I was going to do this parody of an old country western side. And I I grew my beard white, uh, grew my beard out, and I painted it white with latex house paint. And I painted my hair white with latex house paint, dressed up as a full cowboy, and went out and did this 83, I was supposed to be 83 years old, Hank Porter. And I was doing those shows, but and recording a lot of the stuff. It was Hank Porter and the Lonesome Cowboys. I put out an album, and it did five uh, five million downloads in the first two months in uh, Japan and China through the service Bada Ding, Bada Bada Ding, which was uh, like the Asian equivalent of Napster at the time. And so Hank Porter was huge. In, a, in in Japan and China. And I was thinking about going over there and like, you know, doing the act for real for those people to be actually be felt like a, a real country rock star. <laughs> right. Getting off the plane. I'm Portison. I'm Portison. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, for some reason, uh, I don't know, the Asians, Asians dig uh, Western music. I don't know. Go figure. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a cool thing. But may now you got three thousand followers on there. I don't want to ruin that. But I was going to say maybe you should start using this platform to do some live stuff because you don't need anything special to log in. But you you don't have the music ready for you, right? They, they right they, yeah. Like, well, and I don't and like and I can't adjust my vocals at all or anything like that. Right, right. Like not that i need a whole lot but there's just, like i just use the same there's a there um on that star maker app there's like a bunch of different like standard adjustments you can do you can do some custom ones where you can fluctuate it yourself but then there's just some standard ones you can use and i i generally just use the studio one um which you know i'm sure is whatever well, you know, we got we got to put in a um, request to them. I don't even know if they take requests, but most some of them do to kind of make it easier, more user friendly, more easy to people get on without having to download all software and all that kind of stuff to make it work for you uh, and yeah. share those. And are they shareable? Can you download the videos yourself 
So yeah, if I if I I can't do not the lives, the big lives I can't record those. But like any cover that I record, as long as I record it in video format, I can I can upload I can upload that to my YouTube channel. And I do have a number of covers on my YouTube channel. Um, I need to get a boy named Sue on there. I did do, I sang a boy named Sue yesterday. I also sang it the last time I did a live, but I haven't done a video to post to my YouTube yet. I'll, I could do that today. I have some time. Oh boy. A boy named Sue. I'm past. I've so moved on from that. What, what did I do uh, Sunday? I did a Johnny Cash song and nobody even recognized that it was these kids today. And they weren't kids. They were people who were definitely not kids, the forties or older. Don't don't know that music, and that that really upset me. Like I got to stop doing. I did it. On, <laughs> I did Well and Jennings. I did some Merle Haggard. They don't know any of that fucking stuff. I did. Right. Or what did I do? A Ray Price song. Uh, I mean, I don't time. even know if I would recognize a Ray Price song. Though. Ray Price uh, for the good times. Lay your head upon my pillow. Uh, uh, for the good times. Lay your head. Upon my pillow, hold you. But warm I mean, you know, and your body close to mine. <laughs> Ray Price. It was a number one song in 1970, 1969. Anyway, Chris Christopherson wrote it. Now here's the thing that with that song, Chris Christopherson wrote. Uh, he had top four songs on the t- top number one, top ten or number one songs in the country at the same time on four different charts. Country, pop, rock, and gospel. He did had, he really? Yeah. Janis I Joplin, did not know that. Janis Joplin, me and Bobby McGee on the rock charts. Um, uh, Help Me Make It Through the Night on the pop charts. For the Good Times on the country charts. And Why Me on the gospel charts. Chris Kassabra. You know, he is he is quite the... Quite the, I don't think really that, I don't think that will ever be reproduced. We'll get somebody has the same writer has top ten or number one songs on four different charts at the same time. That's incredible, incredible work. Anyway, uh, what I want to talk to you about today something in the news that uh, this is going to be a big news story, and I'm not sure if people give a fuck. I'm not sure if I give a fuck. Google is going to court today. They're being sued by the United States government for a monopoly. And I'm wondering how it really, how it really affects our daily lives, and do, do anybody does anybody care? But we're putting we, the United States against Google, our tax dollars. We're putting billions of dollars to fight a corporation that has billions of dollars in a lawsuit. It should matter to us. What, it's what are about- we saying? What are we? What is? Excuse me. I shouldn't say we because I don't want to class what? myself in with the fucking government. Right. What is the government trying to say that Google has a monopoly on? On search engine. Uh, That's fucking stupid as hell. There's right. so many different search engines out there that are. Listen, just because nobody fucking uses them, they're still out there. They're still available to be used. They right, don't but, stop but their competitors. Yeah, but Google is stacking the deck by paying Apple to make a Google uh, Chrome their default, or Google search engine their default, no matter what browser you use on the machine. They're paying Microsoft to do the same, so that when you buy a new machine, 
uh, and you pull something up, even on your iPhone, if you pull up a search, it's going to automatically go to Google. And that's and that and does that affect your life? Does it really hurt you, the, us, the people? Because they're saying they're doing this for us, we the people. Does it right. real? Does it hurt you in any way that Google is doing that? No, I don't think so. And because so because if I want to use a different search engine, I fucking go to it. Right. I just go to a different search engine because yeah. sometimes I don't think Google's my best answer. Well, that's good. I, I, I don't. I can honestly say I'm too lazy to even consider. It never crosses my mind, actually. I go, I look at the Google results, and generally I pick one out in the first couple of seconds, and that's the one I say. But right. trying to figure out how that hurts us. And we talk about tech giants all the time. We're on one right now, YouTube, which is Google. And I think I don't want Google hurt that much that it affects YouTube in a way in a negative way where, you know, whether it it hurts the company to the point where YouTube becomes affected in a way that I don't, you know, become whether they start limiting, you know, what how much you can go live, how much content you can put there, any of that kind of stuff. I don't want to see Google broken there my, <laughs> yeah. in my life, but. I mean, I'm confident. I'm pretty confident that I don't. I think the government would have a very difficult time because there's. Listen, as far as when you think about what a monopoly is, and like what what dictates a monopoly. Listen, I don't think the government's case is going to hold a shit bit of water because there's there are in fact many other options. Are are is Google the easiest choice? And have they made themselves the easiest choice? Sure, but I would say, by and large, so did fucking McDonald's. You know what I mean? Like yeah. McDonald's has been on top of the fucking you know shit for how fucking long? Because they, you know, and it wasn't you know. There's other choices out there, but like, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like. I I definitely like do. I don't like if the government's trying to go after I think they're definitely taking the wrong angle because it's not a monopoly. You can't have a monopoly with fucking six other choices out there. See now now Ian's gonna want me to heckle you because Ian says it's a monopoly and they use monopoly taxes. I, I, I think it is a monopoly, but I'm not sure it's one that really hurts us in in a right. really significant way. Now I could be I'm willing to to, to be educated on this. But I think the problem for me is I lose either way. If Google uh, is hurt enough that it affects their business, I I rely on Google Docs, Google Apps, Google, all the Google Apps. I re rely on them so much that if their business is broken, it's gonna. I know that will definitely affect my life, and I'll have to find other solutions. By the same token, if the United States wastes all my money, billions and billions of dollars. They're just going to tax me more to make up for it, and I'll lose yeah. that way. So as the, the consumer, the little guy, I'm getting fucked no matter what. I, I Whoever wins this suit, I lose. <laughs> right. You lose uh, again. GD brought up, GD said, that remember when Microsoft was sued by the government for having a monopoly? What, uh, what happened in that case? Uh, Do you remember well, the result? Uh, yeah, well, no, that actually uh, that helped helped save Apple, and because at the time Apple was about to uh, <coughs> under and Bill Gates to try to stave off that monopoly lawsuit, 
provided $100 million of funding for Apple to restart at that time. But I think, you know, that was a, a significant, um, although Windows is still on every PC that you can buy. Nobody start, buys a, with Linux on it or, or another you know, operating system. I didn't think about this lawsuit really being the government trying to put the squeeze on Google to get a few million out of them for some type of, okay, well, you guys can keep doing what you're doing, but you're going to have to pay the government X amount of money. That's yeah, probably not, what it not is. A, not a that's, few million. That's yeah. actually probably what's happening. Hundreds of billions, not just a, a few millions. It's, it's right. big, you know, it's a super. Right, year. right. And nobody's yeah. talking about it. It's not, I think it's going to affect us no matter, again, I think we lose, I lose no matter what. And it's not something that anybody is talking about in the news. There's all sorts of Aaron Rodgers, there's, you know, Trump yeah. and Biden and uh, 9-11 and all that kind of crap, which, you know, oh. I got I got in trouble yesterday for saying we don't need to keep reliving this trauma. People just want to keep bringing this up and, like, going through Let's watch the buildings get crashed into again. Wasn't it traumatic enough the first 21 times? Do we need to keep doing this every year? Like, I know. We've I mean, been... it makes me. Li li I get sad when I watch it. Like it. It literally makes me sad to watch it, bro. Like, yeah. and then the conspiracy um, theories come back every year with it. Right. Right. What do you? And, yeah, it gets me thinking about like. Listen, my my wife, man. <laughs> I love my wife so much. She she works so hard to try and make sure that I don't get like suck thinking about stuff like that because i'm listen dude i'm telling you like like I, like i i thank god that i have people in my life that want to keep me level-headed and not thinking about stupid conspiracy theories and you know um, the problem is i i feel like i need to get involved every time i see people just doing this you know, talking crazy shit. I feel like it's my problem, and I need it's. I need to fix this. Like <laughs> people talking stupid shit, and it's not my problem. It's not my place to fix this. It's not my place to kind of put people in their place. But that's what the illusion I that it causes within my my thinking, and I know it's unhealthy, and it it, it makes me angry enough that I start ranting about it in public on Twitter or Facebook or something. Right. And like I'm making enemies of people when I should just shut the fuck up and mind my right. own business. Right. My own fucking problem. That's exactly <laughs> how my wife feels about it. Exactly. Yeah. Like like she just doesn't want to see me like get worked up and you know say something I shouldn't really say or what you know. Um, but mostly mostly what works me up, bro, is the not knowing the truth. You know what I mean? I get so upset about the countless lies of the American government and how they, you know, how they conduct themselves. Like the government is like the U S government for the last, you know, is if yeah. you fuck tards that are in tar in charge, think that what you're doing is what our forefathers envisioned for us. Go fuck yourselves. You know what I mean? If you think yeah, that this is what freedom was supposed to be, you're an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, I'll just, I think that shit gets uh, used too much, what our forefathers envisioned. Uh, they they lived in a different whole world than we they lived did. In completely. Well, and they envisioned that we would be smart enough to change shit as needed, which we well, haven't really done well. 
Well, that's their bad then, because I never assumed that, uh, the, as you saw, saw me say the other day, well, young people ruin everything. I'm not going to assume that people 100 years from now, 200 years from now, are going to be any smarter than we are. They might have uh, technolo- technological advancements, scientific advancements, but when it comes down to human nature-wise, they're just going to be as dumb fucks as we always were, or human nature to be a dumb fuck. Um, or worse off, have you seen idiocracy? I think we're headed that way. I, th- I think we've been in that since 2000. <laughs> I definitely do. I mean, okay, we're getting there, bro. I think I think my friend Debo, uh, who is my late the late uh, Debo, it was in that movie. I think he played the president. If I'm not wrong in that, yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. He called. He he said I was a righteous white dude. <laughs> he called me a righteous white dude. That was a good thing. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, McDonald's, as you mentioned, is uh, you, we brought up them as a monopoly. They are planning to do away with self-service beverages because too many fat fucks are taking advantage on and like buying one Coke and just refilling all fucking day long, and even just like coming back to the restaurant, you know, slipping back in the door. They still have the cup and just walking over to the machine. And, oh yeah. And how much I mean, I've co- done that to be honest. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally taking the McDonald's cup from my car into McDonald's and just gotten a Coke and left. Right. 100% that's happened at least 10 times. Right. So now they're going to do away with that. So you have to go and buy in a second Coke at the counter and, and that kind of stuff. No free refills anymore and doing away with the self service. Uh, service beverage stuff. I mean, As I'll, st- I'll still do money. it because it's still the best Coke out there. I love McDonald's Coke. It is different Coke. You know that, right? They make they make Coke specially for McDonald's. Like, it comes in a different canister. That's why it tastes different. I don't drink uh, soda anymore, but when I did, occasionally, I will still fall back and, you know, slide off the, the wagon. Uh, but I, there was a point in my life where I was a Coke connoisseur. I went in, the first thing I wanted to know in any place we played was how the Coke, let me, t- let me taste your Coke. And it is different in every different place you go. Uh, whether it's a, yeah, it's, it's different. It's not the same. It's not a uniform product. I don't like that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I keep interrupting you. You were saying I'm in, I probably don't even remember what the hell you were. You, changing subjects on on me but um putin wants his uh, his hitman back he's got uh we have a guy in prison here who was putin's hitman and he wants him back and he's lo- looking to bargain for him to get him back get him out of jail i thought oh, that- well wnba stars better not go to fucking russia then fucking <laughs> christ <laughs> Oh, uh, that's a, that was a whole other thing that that Brittany, what was her name? Brittany Grainer or something, yeah, Griner, something like yeah. that. that uh, fucking... Yeah, no, I my opinion on that is anybody who's stupid enough to go to a place uh, where you know you're you're risking stuff and you bring like yeah, car, you know, drugs over there. Yeah, marijuana is, and you you know what? You're stupid enough to do that. It ain't the United States place to fucking bail you. No, out. yeah, there, there. Listen, there was, uh, that was, <laughs> that was a political move all fucking day. It was completely out of place. And people that defend it are um, the the worst kind of woke ass hat you can be, in my opinion. Right. G Deep just brought up a good point. If the go, I'll read it again because uh, I don't want to. 
Hello? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fluffy. I'm sorry. It, no, we need to get some sound effects like that. I, I definitely want to implement that. I want to get a producer to sit in the back, and I'm, I'm going to, every time I say the uh, a sound, like if I say what time it is, it's, it's 10 15 in Eastern right here. They need right. to play the dog bark just to know right. that you. Bah, bah. Uh, if the government told 100% truth, how would you know? And would you believe them? This is at play with this whole fucking UFO. Uh, yeah. This, this is the worst part about it. That's that's the saddest part about where the American people are at with the U.S. government, because I, I definitely know that I'm far from alone in this. The U.S. government has gaslit the American people so fucking long about so many different things. We don't know when you're telling the truth anymore. There's it's impossible for us to trust you in a real sense. So absolutely impossible. uh, Well, we'll see if it's impossible. And now maybe this isn't the best way to see if it's impossible. If they came out and said uh, the CIA killed John Kennedy, uh, was involved in a conspiracy on purpose to keep uh, to uh, keep our um, activity in Vietnam going and to escalate it. That was our purpose. We we didn't want to let you know because we thought we were doing the right thing, saving America from communism, and we were serious that in our belief that Kennedy was doing the wrong thing by wanting to get out of Vietnam, and so we killed him. If they came out and said that, would you believe them? I, mean, I think I would. I, I think I would believe it because it makes sense. And what would they have to gain by saying that if it weren't true? Sure, sure. I mean, but that's okay. The only way that you can be believable is to be self-incriminating. You know well, what I mean? It, like, it, like the only way to gain our trust back is to fucking tell on yourself for the uh, worst I'm not, I'm fucking not answer possible. It, but it would definitely let us know that they've told us the truth about one thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of how you'd feel. Oh, great. Well, thank you for telling me the truth. Fucking sixty years, fucking later. You know, like, uh, you know, it's just. It's not that's um, not as infuriating as both Biden and Trump have done this. Uh, refuse to uh, release. The, the full documents that were supposedly by law, need, the truth was supposed to be revealed to us uh, by law. And they said, no, we can't, you know, we need to keep this stuff confidential. Right. I mean, listen, there's, there's not, I would say the, the, um, the number of defendable politicians in this country, you could, you could probably count them on, Two hands. Oh, by the way, I'm you know what Congress. I mean. I'm running for Congress. Huh? I just want to remind people that I'm running for Congress in the third district of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, by right. So I mean, dude, like it's it it's so it's so far gone, bro. That like I I think that we need you know, and I don't know what in what fashion this needs to happen. But there needs to be a collective fucking gathering where we figure out a new fucking direction because the entire legislative branch is a fucking joke. Our presidency is a fucking joke. You know what I mean? Our judicial system is a fucking joke. 
If we know all of these things to be true, then when the fuck are we going to change it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like it has, if we, if we know for sure that this shit ain't working, damn it, they gave us the fucking ability to change it. Well, tomorrow we're going to have a, a chance to talk to a guy who has been deep in the doodle about the Clinton uh, administration and Ken Starr's uh, vendetta to get him on anything and anything for his entire presidency and dealing with the Secret Service. So, you know, maybe he'll have some different insights on yeah that'll be a great i'll be very interested to listen to that for sure here's an amusing little anecdote for you because as i mentioned you are responsible for me getting i can't tell you probably 20 or 25 bookings done yesterday but in the space of all those bookings people writing to me asking for time and stuff somebody named erica bradley was in there and said sorry it's been so uh uh, long getting it took me so long to get back to you. I'm interested in, uh, in booking an interview. I thought she was a comedian, Erica Bradley, because I know lots of Ericas. I know from all the different comedy stuff. There's several Ericas, and I had a confused with one. So I said 10:15 on uh, October 28th, and she said, "Oh, perfect." And then uh, she sent me an, an invite to go to now to her studio north shore television wanting to interview uh matt napo uh for his uh you know campaign for congress in 2024 so it's my uh, for north shore tv uh i will be on the 28th at for this show it will be off the air i guess i'm gonna take the day off unless somebody wants to you know host without me uh, but I will be doing. I will be on television talking about my platform. <laughs> That's awesome. That's God. great. I think it, it's going to be because I'm not going to get dressed. I'm not going to suit and tie to the fucking thing. I'm going in there as me. I don't we're, know how. We're, we're like a tuxedo T-shirt. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but when they get a load of my platform. I don't know if yeah. they think I'm a joke. Uh, I'm joking, or, uh, or they will take me seriously. I'm not sure how it's how it's going to fly. I really, bro. If you get elected to Congress, you have to like hire me as your fucking assistant or something. I will fucking be your page all fucking day. <laughs> I will run around DC like a fucking madman. Wouldn't that be just amazing to for that'd me be to, fucking bananas, bro? Well, my, I would get thrown out of Congress, and that's kind of my plan. And this is what we I'm we we get. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to be like Jesus and turn over the tables and yeah, table. I want to, yeah, I, yes. I want to go a, a, and get censured the first day, I, first chance I get to speak and say, I want to know who who bought, but who 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 you're working for because you're not working for the people who pays your salary, where you getting. I want yeah. everybody to disclose every single one of the. I mean, I have that. seen a couple other Congress people go go off like that. There are, and listen, there's. There, it's starting to happen, Matt. You're you're not as crazy as you think. Some of us, there are some people that are getting on board with with what we're talking about because I know I've seen some coverage of that, but I want to see more of it, and I want to see it from you, buddy. I want to get on everybody. I'm because my campaign is I'm not taking a dollar from anybody. I refuse whether they uh, I'm not seeking donations or even if they offer it. I'm not going to accept it. I'm not taking any money from anybody. And and 
the uh, Federal Elections Commission already has questioned me about it twice because I had to fill out two reports where my donations and where my expenditures and I put zeros on them and I got a call like, are you, you know, campaign lying on campaign forms is a federal uh, a crime and we don't we don't want to see you going down. I said, I'm not taking it. And they couldn't believe. You're not taking any money from it. How the fuck do you plan on? They didn't say how the fuck. How are you plan on uh, running a real campaign without any money and without, uh, you know, without any spend spending any money? No, like, I do. I do have a question because I think now I'm pretty sure that there is some like radio um, limitations when you're running. But is there is podcasting not? lumped I, in with that it's not mentioned and every one of like ted cruz has a podcast okay he, you know uh, okay marjorie green has a podcast uh lots of them do so i i don't think they're forcing i how can it's not really broadcasting right. I, I would definitely give equal time to my opponents they want to come on every day and debate me every day because uh, you know my opponent's going to be in jail uh george uh lopez uh is that his name? I can't even. That's his name, right? I can't think of it now. Somebody help me! Is it? <laughs> I'm having a brain fart moment. This is not good. I'm I'm Mitch McConnell. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. George, uh, I think it's Lopez. I'm gonna have to look. I'm fucking. I'm losing my mind. Anyway, uh, he's gonna be in jail because uh, he, he definitely, you know, he, he committed campaign. He's been a a, a crook his whole life. So, uh, and I don't know. So far, the Democrats have not uh, announced uh, who is running on that side. I know they're gonna have a primary for that. There's a couple of people interested in it. I'm running as an uh, independent. I don't need to be affiliated with any party. I'm not spending any money. I'm not. My plan is to just go to. Uh, like the supermarket stand in the parking lots and shake hands and tell people I'm running for one term. I'm not looking to do make, make any major changes in uh, public policy because you can't in one term anyway. I'm just looking to highlight the one uh, thing that I care most about is dirty money in politics. Who's actually paying for uh, the yep. people in the office. And if, yeah. if, that, if that resonates with people, then maybe I have a chance. And if it doesn't, at least I will get some uh, publicity for the show. <laughs> yep. Matt, now we're, we're this. Yeah. Oh, now, no, I think I, I think it's a solid plan because I think there's plenty of people that want to know who's being paid by who. Who's yeah. who's in whose pocket. Who's so, okay. If if we can't trust any of you, we at least got to know where your fucking alliances are. Right. Well, I haven't been uh you know promoting promoting Govs, but uh as much as I should being on Govs Network, but we have to say goodbye to Govs. I'm sorry. Bye Govs. We read the uh, schedule yesterday. Yes, uh, we did. Gary Valentine. Gary Valentine is the, the big highlight that you Yes. Go to govs, uh, govsradio.com and uh, sort it out yourselves, okay? <laughs> I don't have time for this nonsense. By the way, get yourself some Mind Dog coffee while you're at it before you go. Yeah. To govs, yeah. Uh, My wife wants some really bad. Well, tell her to pick out a, a uh, blend and I'll send you one. I'll okay. You one. I'll, 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 I, I, think, I think I knew that I should just tell her that. Um, but I need, I guess, I don't know. I'm one of them weird people that I got to hear it from you. She's got to, uh, 
have to do a review though, one a serious review. Oh yeah, she and, will. She'll probably do a TikTok about it. I bet. I don't. If if she doesn't like it, I wanted to be honest with it and and say, you know what, it's not what I expected. It's not worth the money. Or if she does love it, I would expect that too. But I want it to be honest. I don't want it to be. I don't want to be uh, obliged to say good things about it. Well, I'll I I'll hear it. I'll tell you a secret about my wife. If she doesn't like something, she'll fucking tell you. <laughs> Uh, but that, that's just one alias. He, he said, "I'm going to get whiskey age one. I'm way too curious. I, uh, I, it's not whiskey age. It's whiskey barrel blend, uh, and that's what I'm drinking. And it damn that good. does sound really good, though. It, it's really good. I uh, mean, I, that's probably what Danica should get because I mean, honestly, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just Santos. the right choice. Santos, that's right. It's George Santos. Thank you, CD." Man, why? Uh, now that now I'm a racist because I went to Lopez instead of Santos. George Lopez was the, uh, the uh, guy who got his show stolen from Co by Conan and didn't re regret it, right? George Lopez had this show when Conan was getting fired from the Tonight Show and going over to TBS or whatever the hell network was. George Lopez already had that show. And Copa, uh, and because they said, well, you know, we're getting rid of the brown guy because we have a nice white guy here who we get from NBC. So by brown guy and Lopez didn't make any stink about it at all. That's just, I think it's really weird. Well, because Lopez is used to those kind of moves, because when he books a casino, he can't have any other Latino comedians play that casino while he's under contract with them. Did you know that? That's not. a nice little thing about George Lopez. I that you not may know. not know. I would is never he, have he his anyway. I mean, yeah. it had nothing to do with his race or anything. I, there are plenty of Latino comedians that I I do really enjoy. Uh, but he he was. I didn't like his shouting. The way he's all, all everything every everything. It was like oh Sam Kinison of Latino guys. Like I don't like getting shouted at all the time. I know for a fact. Yes, like, but if you're going to do it constantly, shout at me constantly. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna yeah, because I mean, I get loud sometimes, but not the whole time. Yeah, right. Yeah, you got a little loud yesterday on uh, the Pat Mahomes thing. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you my, I, get I, what I, I get, the vein in your head. I do. No, that, that's why I don't want sports broke is it, 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 it like engages the, the Neanderthal part of my brain, and I just, <laughs> I start short circuiting. Like, so I have three shows tomorrow. Uh, Jim Lickman, as I mentioned, the guy who did the investigation into uh, Ken Starr versus the Secret Service. And then uh, in the second hour, Craig Mitchell from Off the Cuff Cooking. Uh, he, uh, it's a cooking show. He's a comedian who uh, transitioned to um, uh, cooking for low-carb people. Uh, he's my, he's my re resident gay guy that... Uh, <laughs> I'll be, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think uh, Craig would like to fuck me, and that makes me uncomfortable. I think that may it makes me uncomfortable. I'm not a homophobe, but when I think a gay guy wants to fuck me, being one on one with that, gay, it makes it. I know how chicks feel when they when they're being eyed up and down by a guy. Now, you know, it's like, <laughs> right? I know you want to suck my dick, but I'm not going that way. I'm. I, I'm sorry. I'm just not that. I mean, so it makes me, but I love him, but not love him like he wants me to love him. 
<laughs> I love him, but I don't want him to love me. So, yeah, so I wrote this whole thing. I haven't published yet. Uh, Confessions of a homophobe, because I realized this about myself. Oh, that's so, dude. That I bet you that's going to be great. I can't wait to read that. Well, because you know, I I used to be super homophobic back in the day. Like I've grown so much, bro. I was very homophobic years ago, and I was just talking to my son's girlfriend yesterday about like you know how I used to think. We were talking about um. Brokeback Mountain when Brokeback <laughs> Mountain came out and uh bro okay so Danica and I this is actually before I went to prison but Danica and I were already together that like because um you know we got a long history <laughs> um and we were living with this lesbian girl at the time. And so, of course, you know, this big, you know, movie for homosexuality comes out. And so we have to, like, sit down and watch it as a house. Like, the whole house sat down to watch Brokeback Mountain. And now, at that time, I was still pretty, pretty not okay with the idea of it i didn't like i didn't like it i didn't i definitely didn't like seeing two guys kiss that kind of like that was terrible to me i still don't like to watch it well, right mean. right 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 yeah it's not like i'm you know watching dudes make out or whatever but it's and also like that's the other thing about like homophobia is such a weird thing because like i don't understand you know how people get sometimes you know because you know and this is this is part of how i started to realize like i gotta get new parts for my head i gotta upgrade this software because what what i've been told just doesn't fucking compute because like i grew up around people that were very homophobic in the sense that if it was about two gay guys doing some stuff Oh man, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to talk about that. But you talk about two women doing something together. Oh, I want to see that. Tell me more. Da 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 da. Okay, so why is there this? You know, like it. Both of those things are gay acts. It's, it's not homosexual it's not homophobia. It's cockophobia. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean. So what? <laughs> so then, like, what are you really afraid of? Then? Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean. Right like so I. You know, but so so we watch Brokeback Mountain and we get to the part by the lake where dude says to dude, why can't I just quit you? And I fucking dude, I paused the fucking movie. I got up. I fucking started just freaking the but no, no, I don't care if they're gay. No dude is saying that to another dude. That's not fucking real. That's not but you know, they're no and I was just like, bro, you don't know. You don't know. You know what I mean? Like like, uh, self-awareness is a a really important thing i was very ignorant back then i was just ignorant to all those things i there was so much i didn't understand you know no matter what kind of bigotry is that we hold or prejudices we hold being self-awareness uh being self-aware about it can make a big difference it's the same with racism it's the same with you know misogyny all that kind of stuff but um i admitting that i'm a homophobe and I'm still a homophobe, even though 
I've always accepted homosexual people. I worked in an industry that was dominated by uh, homosexuals and had no problem sharing rooms with them, you know, when, when we were on the road and all that kind of stuff. But I am uncomfortable one-on-one still to this day in a, uh, if you leave me alone with, with a homosexual who I know is into me, it's the same way though. I, I there's an old lady who I know was into me. She's 80 years old and she's totally unattractive, manly, and I, I but I know she wants to fuck me, and it makes me uncomfortable to be alone with her. I I won't be alone. It's like you get I, real yeah. rapey vibes, do you? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> like this bitch is gonna spend no, it. I, 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 I know. I know. I'm not gonna be raped. It's it's just the fact that you you're thinking. Like, it, it, I tell you, because this is what I'm writing in the article. It's that the awkwardness of me having to, to reject you if you right. try anything, even if it's not rapey, but you just make a motion towards me. And I'm, right. And, and I'm not into that. Right. That makes me feel awkward, puts me in an awkward sure. sense. I don't want to be the one to sit, tell you, get the fuck away from me. I, right. I, and I, this is part of women's perspective with guys all the time. Like, because women get hit on all of they're better right. at just rejecting i guess <laughs> to me i'd be like i feel really in an awkward place like i don't want to hurt your feelings but i don't like i don't right I'm, i don't want i don't think of you as a sex object i'm sorry yeah, not for nothing but uh you're not really my type huh <laughs> right I, I i'd rather you know I'd rather never have sex again ever in my life. <laughs> that's, oh yeah, that's that's probably mean. That's, you don't have to go that far. I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather never have sex again than have sex with you. Jesus. The thought of the thought of having sex with you makes me want to puke all over my own face and and choke on my own vomit like Jimi Hendrix and die. Jesus, that is a little rough. I know. Now they now send the hate mail to info at minddogtv.com. Anything Did you get hate mail about me? I was gonna ask you that. No, nothing about you. Although what would what uh, oh somebody somebody said to me, you you realize you have the only news anchor who was ever uh an ex-con uh, ever out of any show that ever has been on to have a news person who, who's been an ex-con. That's like that that's in a uh, interesting observation. I think that's probably true too. I don't. I, that might be true. Yeah, that right. Be, that's that's you know, and we're doing it all in fun here. But I think you're doing a good job with the news, and I think you know it, it adds some value to a different perspective on you know the humorous side of how absurd some of these news stories are. Uh, I yeah, I think you're adding value here, and I think it's a good thing. And nobody has said it. And that's not hateful. It's just an observation, and I I think it's a good one. I think it probably. It's a niche. You, that's your niche, the the ex <laughs> news guy. I yeah, don't know maybe. if you ever ever uh, envisioned yourself as being a, a news guy on a morning radio program, but there's definitely hope here. I think. I mean, I I have I have long since just I I've always wanted to be an entertainer, so I want I want to be all of it. You know what I mean? Like that's the weird thing about me. It's just like I made this post the other day on Facebook because they um. They were talking about how in 1994, um, Jim Carrey came out with Ace Ventura, The Mask, and um, what was the other one? Um, uh, the Grinch? No, no, he no. wasn't the Grinch. Uh, Ace Ventura, God. Tether, uh, yeah, uh, Cable. Why guy? can't I think of it? Oh, Dumb and Dumber. 
Dumb and Dumber. Oh, Dumb and Dumber. Okay. So in 1994, all three of those movies came out. I was 13 years old. And oh, that like, makes me feel old, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so, I didn't mean to do Holy that to you, man. I'm sorry. I did, I, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. <laughs> but, but so I was 13 years old. And uh, so, and I went to like movies was my escape as a child because it was one of the only things that my parents allowed me to spend my money on because I made my own money at 11 years old. I had a paper route and started making my own money. And at 13 years old, I even had a second job. And so I had two jobs when I was 13, you know? And so like I had money when I was a kid and my parents would let me go to the movies anytime I wanted. And the movies were my escape. And I love characters. I love I'm sort of the person like I'm not I'm not real great at necessarily developing a character but if you tell me what you want I'll do anything you tell me to do you know what I mean and like dude I used to do the Ace Ventura walk just to get my sister to get away from me and stuff like that you know and I mean and even when I was a junior in high school like you know, I remember three tables of kids would push the tables together to listen to me tell stories and shit. Like, all I've ever wanted was to entertain people. And any any way that I can do that, I love to do it. And like this, and like this news thing, like my wife, she just kind of, she'll smile at me and she rolls her eyes and she just chuckles when she, because I don't know if you, like I read these you know, in a news, you know, I'm trying to get better at reading it like a news person reads. And so like I sit with these and I practice, I read these over and over again, you know, and also I'm saving all these too. I decided to take a a page from Jackie's book. I'm going to save every one of my reads. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Well, you know, Jackie needs a special house to keep all his saved shit in. I'm sure he does. I'm he sure does. He, I saw he, I saw the yeah. He has a house that would be a nice dwelling for a single man all by himself. Uh it, it's it's a beautiful little cottage, but it's filled with all t- cassette tapes, eight track tapes, papers yeah. like that, everything. I mean, it's it's stacked. You can't, probably can't fit anything new in there. Listen, all I need is a cot, bro. I just I need a, a cot and a blanket. That's all I need. <laughs> oh, you know what? Did I even? I hope I put Jackie on the calendar. I hope I'm not like. I got. Oh, remember. you better bump somebody. <laughs> Holy fuck! I'm gonna have to bump somebody. On the 18th, right? And Jackie's yeah, on the 18th? 18th, and I forgot to put him on the calendar, and I gave that date to somebody. I'm going to have to move that person to the 19th or something with Dave Landau. Dave Landau's going to be uh, a tricky one for me. Uh, and I, I've asked for him. I, I actually uh, sought him out to get him on the program. He is, uh, I don't know if you know Dave Landau. Um, he's on the blaze with Glenn Beck, who I despise Glenn Beck. Uh, uh, he was on, he was a co-host with Anthony Cumia, Cumia, uh, on his show. I despise Anthony Cumia and he was, uh, the number one seat on the Steven Crowder show. I despise Steven Crowder, but I think Dave Landau's a good guy, even though he, he's ended up with those guys. I don't want to make it about all of those because he's out of the most of them, but he's now with, with Beck. But, you know, there's no avoiding the, the fact that even though he's not 
as far gone, you know, it's gung-ho f- f- extreme right wing as these guys are. He's right wing, but he's not right wing to the point of being uh, irrational or any of this. I, I can I can find common ground with him on, on a lot of things, but I wonder how he put up with guys who were just like fucking full-blown Nazi right-wing guys. Uh, right. you know, I think Steven Crowder is that. I think, uh, I don't think Glenn Beck is necessarily is that, but I think Glenn Beck is uh, a... He put party put the Republican Party above the country in every aspect. He's just anti uh, anti Democrat and pro Republican. No matter what, even right. no matter what they do wrong, I'm going to stick with the Republicans. I, I re- despise that whether it was the right or left. But I think that's yeah, no, me too. Yeah, but Anthony Anthony Cumia, I just think is you know complete uh, racist just really bad guy in a lot of ways and so just to be able to stick with in a job with him for any period of time it takes us a special kind of tolerance that uh it, it's tough for me i would walk on a job pretty quick and he has walked on a job but so that's going to be a tough interview for me anyway i don't have i i fucked up on the on the jackie thing i'm gonna have to move him around um i'm sorry so yeah. i'm sorry i did that to you yeah. Oh no, you didn't do that to me. I did that to me. I forgot to put Jackie on the calendar, but you did create a full day of work for me yesterday. And it's, it's you know, again, just coming back to where I started this. It's not fucking rocket science to pick a day Monday <laughs> through Friday, nine fifteen or ten fifteen a.m. Oh, I was going to mention: Is there a way? I'm sure. I'm sure there's a way that you can program your calendar. To block those off is un- just unavailable. Yeah, you can. I can use Calendly or any of those apps that do that. Uh, but they are, I mean, they can look at the calendar and see those times are already taken. So that, that to me, indicates that they're unavailable. But uh, you mean Saturdays and Sundays and stuff like that. Right, yeah. right, right. Block off block off any any time that you wouldn't do a show, like that's not even on there as an option. You know, you know what I mean? It's feeding off my personal calendar, which also has my gig stuff on it, which was on Saturdays and Sundays. I could do that, but it's an extra lot of work. It means I need to recreate my personal calendar uh, for the gig stuff as well. So uh, it's, you're right. It can be done. It's just a matter of work for me. Anyway. That's the show for today, folks. What did you think? Let us know. Write to us at minddogtv.com. Oh. Info at minddogtv.com. I want to I wanna bring up Michael. Mike Chabola brought up. He said, I like Willie's point of view, but I wouldn't make life decisions uh, from his advice. Uh, I, if I, I'm, I'm thinking about working on a memoir, but I'm going to call it How Not to Live Your Life. <laughs> Even that. Then you do it. If he says don't do it, that's when you do it because right. it's always the opposite. I mean, because um, I'm serious when I say that I used to play chicken with trains. Like that's a real thing. I did that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the yeah. So yeah, I can see how you know, don't uh, you know my son. My son he lives with us. He's 22. He learns a lot from me. But he says to me, he goes, you know, I learn a lot from you, Dad. But I just kind of learn it in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> I got to address this because he, Ian is right. I mean, that's my, obviously my thought is that the the money for uh, I'm talking about Dave Landau and and Crowder and, and uh, Kumia that kind of stuff. Is I'm sure the contract is big enough that the money makes a big difference. But see, to to me, 
I would not do that. I'm not the kind of guy who will sell my principles out uh, for for any amount of money. And it could be literally. I think I think I'm true to this. If you offered me fifty million dollars, which is what Crowder was offered by uh, the Daily Wire, uh, to to do something that goes against my principles, I think I would say no. I think I have the the fortitude of character to say, no, that's not me. I'm sorry. The money sounds great. It would change my life immediately. I could do a lot of positive things for people with $50 million, but I can't, I can't, I can't prostitute myself in that way. I can't give up who I am. It would feel like, and that's why the, the, the Landau interview is going to be a tough one. Cause I I'm dying to ask that, but I don't want to get I don't want to get in a fight with the guy. I like a guy. I, I actually like his comedy, I think. And I, I like the fact that he does seem like a, a genuinely empathetic and reasonable guy on the right. And I think we need more right wingers who are empathetic and reasonable at this time. Right. We need to, we need, I've said this a million times. We need uh, both sides of uh, the equation to be equally at strength. When we have one side, whether it's left or right, too powerful that's when we get into real trouble, the one-party rule. Uh, what is, Landau has no scruples. Oh, doesn't seem like uh, Ian is a uh, Landau fan. I don't know. We'll ask him about that. Ian, if you want to uh, participate in that in, in the in the chat room, I would definitely show him some of your comments. I mean, try not to make it too personally insulting, but as he put up, he has no scruples. Uh, do you want me tomorrow? Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, I just want to make sure I don't. But when do you prefer I, I pop in? Well, I just mentioned that I don't. I feel really uh, like Craig is up looking me up and down, like he wants to fuck me when when we're alone together. So during the Craig interview, I want you to be there. <laughs> okay, okay. So I could say, you know, Willie's kind of hot, don't you think, Craig? I I mean I got curly hair, nice Wait, smile. Right, it's definitely fuckable, more fuckable yeah. than me. If yeah. I if if you're gonna think about, and fucking I even back it up. Listen, if you're gonna jerk off to either one of us tonight, jerk off to him, not me. Okay, that's all. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that's because you have no scruples. I don't. Yeah. I do. I got no. I mean, bro. Right. Like, like, my I try, I try to be principled, um. But you know, they're 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 generally new ideas to me. So you know, it's like a trial and error implement implementation happening. You know what I mean? Yes. Um. I will talk tomorrow if we have if time permits tomorrow about this new thing I found, which uh, it's an app that I'm going to see if I can get them to be sponsored. But I'm definitely going to be promoting them. I think it's called Opus Clips. I will look into the exact thing. Found it last night. uh, Basically uploaded an episode. I just pointed to a, a YouTube episode that we did last week. And it made 30 reels in 12 minutes that I could just post on everything. Post started posting them on, you know, to make those 30 reels, if I had to do it myself in an editor program and do it as good as they did it, it would take me three days. It took 12 minutes. They're using AI to cut up these reels and did a tremendous job. It was the uh, interview I did uh, with, uh, the, about, with the brain surgeon about uh, death and dying and all that kind of stuff. So. But, was um, it expensive? No, it's a free trial. 
Oh, it's a free trial. Okay. <laughs> free trial. Dude, it's, yeah. it's only $19.99 a month for the full-blown thing, which is better than the free trial. And Bro, uh, listen, the free trial was amazing. You, you, have, you, I cannot tell you how insane I have driven myself making reels before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, go go to Opus Clips and, and sign up for the uh, free trial, and you get 200, I think, it, or 100 minutes uh, of upload time uh, for free as a free trial. And so I just gave them this, and they knew exactly the right parts to take and give you the, the compelling text to make the stuff. So I started putting stuff up on TikTok, and I haven't put them all up yet, but the first 10 or so I did, Within minutes, they had more traffic on them than all my other TikTok reels. I was like, oh, this is- I don't even think I, I didn't even know you had TikTok, bro. I, I, I have four you. different TikToks because I fucking can't ever remember my password. And I go back there and I, oh, I got to start over again. But uh, Carl, <laughs> Carl pointed me to my original TikTok and I'm back on there now. But so I have four different. Can TikToks. you send me a link? Yeah, I will today. Okay. Uh, I got to send lots of links. I got to I got to send GD a uh, and a co-host link to be part of the team on this. I don't know if he's going to start this Sunday with the jelly roll thing, but thinking about how to uh, Reverend Jelly Roll. I'm sorry, it's, yeah. it's different than Jelly Roll. Uh, how how to promote that best and kind of market it best and try to get him some sponsorships for that. But I think there's a, a good potential for that kind of stuff. Again, uh, putting this out there as the last minute, if anybody is still with us at this point, uh, we've been over two hours now. Uh, radio shows, if, if anybody wants to do play DJ and have their own radio show on Mind Dog Radio, I'm open to it. Let me know uh, your format ideas and uh, scheduling time that doesn't conflict with any of the times that I'm on live. Uh, I'd be definitely open to any ideas about putting people on the radio and help, trying to help them uh, monetize it and get promotion for it. And if you have an idea for a show on this network, that again, that doesn't conflict with the times that I'm already doing stuff, you can write to me and we'll see if we can make that happen. If you got a good idea for a show, something different than we're already doing, love to hear. Those would be just audio or would those be video no, also? We could do this, uh, do this and the radio simulcast or, or just this or just that. All of it. Info at mindbookgb.com. I'm not able, like, I can't run a stream yard just off my phone. I can't be the one in control, right? I think you can. Can I? I think you can. Because hmm. I would, I, I, dude, I would definitely love to do that. Well, can you, let's see right now, can you put a, a chat comment up? See if you can put a chat comment up. Can you do that? How, where would I do just that? Just click on it. Can you see the chat stuff? I see the comments, but it doesn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, just double double click on them and see if it comes in the room. No. There you go. You can double all click right. on what? Yeah, so you just put that up there. So you should be able to. Uh, and you see, can you remove me? See on the bottom. Do you see? You hit, hit remove. The on more. Me? Like oh. layout, you mean? Under yeah. Layout. Un, un, underneath. Mean, underneath, you don't see. You don't see the the different pictures of the different people in the background. No. no, it it says that I can hang on. I think oh, I can change oh, this. We have we have some naked girl that. back there. Can I do a, this? Flicking a Let me try that. It- I think they're all gray. I think that means I'm not. Wait. All right, we this have one? to. Well, yeah. I'll figure it out. But you, I think you can run the hosting from a phone. Uh, she can. She can <laughs> flick a bean. But okay, see, this is part of why I'm not successful because technology. And we, we just had a 73-year-old on who's uh, tech-savvy enough. If she can do it, you can do but it. But, okay, I'm just saying I am just saying I don't know it. You know what I mean? Like, like, like I, need, I need somebody to sit and do a run-through with me because I'm a, right. you know, I'm a little special. 
I'm well, we, could, we, we could do that, especially <laughs> for that 28th when I'm going to be interviewed. If you want to host the program that day and we'll hook you up with some guests for that. If you want to do it, we can we can definitely get you trained by then uh, to be able right. to. It, it would be interesting to see how you do with it. <laughs> yeah. It'd be flying yeah, solo I mean, without me. Yeah, that's my trouble is, is I'm so technologically inept because I I really suffer in that way. All right, get out of here, you a technologically inept dude, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. All right, uh, Mr. Technically uh, Inept News Dude, uh, Willie, Willie Cronkite, uh, Willie Walter Cronkite, uh, Anyway, we'll be. I'm. I'm just gonna say, turn on your radio. I have nothing more to say other than bye for now. Enjoy your day, and don't forget to turn on your radio. Bye for now.
to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.